Check one, two, check one, two. Miami on the Rocks, Casey Chops. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at MIA on the Rocks. Follow us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Today's guest, I don't use the word legend lightly, but I'm going to say legend in the city, man. You've been doing your thing for a minute. I got Derek G in here. What's up, my brother? What up, what up? How are you, bro? Everything good, man. Everything good? Man, you do everything, bro. You've... From photography, videography, you 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 have a line. You sell you sell clothes. You sell apparel. You sell hats, right? Yeah. You, bro, I, you you had your your, uh, I believe it was called Scorpio Bash. Your birthday. Yeah. That from one Scorpio to another, bro. That that was something that was always dope. I think I went to two of those, and um, and yeah, man, I appreciate you pulling up. And, and appreciate the invite. You've definitely put in your work here in the city, bro. So try to. Yeah, nah, for sure, bro. And and you're from. You're from here, obviously, clearly. You're from Hialeah, yeah, right? Born and bred, yeah. Dope, bro. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, Barbara Goldman. It's on the west side. Okay. Yeah. Okay, there it is. So, Technically, border in Miami Lakes, but yeah. you got to go over the border. So, it, bro, I always say, like, Miami Lakes is just like like Hialeah with a tie. The you know? funny, like, shit, funny shit that you say that, back in AOL days, someone's profile said Miami Lakes, in parentheses, put my Hialeah with trees. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yo, that's hilarious. <clears throat> that's exactly what it is. So, bro. Um, where did you get your, like, cause you do a lot of things, bro. Mm -hmm. And you've been hustling for a minute. What, where did you get your start? Like, what is, what is the first thing that kind of got your name buzzing and popping in the city? Bro, I've been self-employed for 17 years now. Oof. So, Way to go. Um, everything legal mm -hmm. in Miami. So I'm very mm -hmm. proud of that. Be clear. Um, but photography is something that I've always done. Like that was something as a kid and my godmother let me hear camera. I ended up keeping it till it broke. Mm -hmm. Um, in school, talk about manifesting. I was in class. I think it was tenth grade history. Mm -hmm. I think it was tenth grade history. I don't remember. Um, I was like, man, I want a camcorder. I want to get a camcorder. I want a camcorder. I want to get a camcorder. I was like, yo, I gotta use the bathroom. I go to the bathroom. I'm standing to piss on a stall. I look down at my foot and I see a strap. I look under. It's a fucking camcorder stashed behind the toilet in the stall next to me. What? So I grab it, mm -hmm. like anyone else would, put that shit in my pocket, and went to class. And I'm like, yo, y'all never... Yo, and I was just talking about it before I went to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. I told the students around, like my classmates, I was like, yo, you're never going to guess what I found. Like, what? I pull that shit out. They're like, shut the fuck up. Damn. I guess someone snatched it from someone else and put it back there. And then they got, mm -hmm. I snatched it from Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, that started, like, my video shit. And this was back in high school. So, like, going to the beach, funny enough, I got two VHS tapes of, like, us early release day. And this is 20-plus years ago at this what? point. So like all this shit and I just, it's funny, all my friends that I grew up with and I still talk to like, oh, it's so crazy that something you literally used to do for fun, like took you around the world. And that's kind of like what set it off was photography was my main. I never thought, I'm a car guy. I love cars. Mm -hmm. I, went, I even did like that program where half the day I would go to another school mm -hmm. to learn like a tech thing mm -hmm. and I went for body shop. Mm -hmm. And I just realized it's too hot in Florida to work at a body shop. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to learn all the custom stuff, the custom paint and all that stuff. And it's just obviously like any other school, they start you at the very basics. So you're learning about sanding and blocking and all this other shit I didn't want to learn about mm -hmm. versus just all the cool shit that you do want to do. Yeah. So like by that was junior year. So by senior year, my first semester, um, I was like, yo, I want out. Like, I don't want to do it no more. I'm good. I ended up getting uh, work experience. Mm -hmm. So I would go into class, I would go into school for two periods and then leave for work experience. The funny shit is I didn't start work till 4 p.m. Everybody got out of school at 2.30. So I literally mm -hmm. could just get out of school, go do whatever I want. I would come back for lunch, hang out. I did the same same exact shit at Power 96. I would leave fourth hour, go to Power 96, answer phones for Lucy and shit. But mm -hmm. I would get, I would say I had to start work early and I'd be out of school like half the day. 
That shit was lit. So you were were you were you like blogging with the camp? Were you like ahead of the blogging era? No, no, this is even I think before blogs were a thing. I mean, I had a blogger. But like I'm saying, what were you doing with the camcorder when you first got it? Oh, just recording my friends. Like, this is just us car shows. We'd go to car shows. Kind of like blogging, right? Before. I guess I just wouldn't edit anything. It was just literally raw footage. So, like, even, like, my older my older stepbrother and, like, all our friends, when we would go to car shows, you know, back then it was Eckerd's. They had one hour mm-hmm. developing. They would all give me money to give them doubles and triples and quadruples of the photos. Oh, shit. And even, like, hey, give, copy me a tape of the video. <clears throat> Copy me a tape of the video. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was VHS tapes. Low key, I think that's coming back though, right? Like getting photos developed, like Polaroids and shit. People want tangible. Yeah, like people like, are starting to like they want to be able to put stuff in their rooms and mm, like. Then just, that's I'm really big on the tangible stuff. So yeah, two labs just opened there. I go to Cardinal. There's there's another one I forgot, and I follow them on Instagram. But uh, I went to Cardinal Labs there in Alapata, and yo, super fast, like on point good pricing how does that work you just go with a regular digital camera and they just develop that shit like well no i'm talking about actual film photography a oh, lot of oh, a lot sh- of people are actually getting back into film so i have like a lot of a couple kids that i follow and they're literally shooting on film like they don't care they don't want to fuck with digital like they want to learn the art of That's photography fire, bro. so it's pretty cool to see like all right cool it's the art is still there and like these kids are opening up photo labs to what? develop film and then what they do now is basically they'll develop them and they scan them Mm-hmm. So they give it to you, they'll email them to you, mm-hmm. or they can print them for you. So that way, like, you have actually, because if you get them printed, then you have to scan them and upload them to your yeah. phone or whatever the case may be. But these companies, what they're doing is they're scanning them and uploading them and emailing them to you. Damn, so you're actually bro. shooting film, and then they make them digital for you. Or if you want to print them, you can print them, too. That'll be dope if this new generation of kids is like, yo, fuck all this digital shit. Like, we want to go back to, like, yeah. to the tangible, well, there's, you know? So there's, this other, there's a couple guys that I follow, too, that they're shooting with VHS cameras. Just because they want that look. Now you get the apps. Yeah. That do it. And a couple of guys use that. I use that. I use those apps are great. I use those apps for certain jobs and stuff like that. But I've met guys that actually have camcorders and, you know, they Damn. actually like sticking tapes in there. Yeah. And they have the, I have the whole conversion system uh, connected to my computer at the crib where I can put a VHS tape in and make it digital. Fire. So like, I can get, like certain movies that you can't find on the Internet, I might have it on VHS. And if I want to watch it on my computer, yeah. I can. So. I was watching the Dave Chappelle interview and he said he's Dave Chappelle's about to do like a Chappelle show, but audio wise, kind of like a podcast. Mm-hmm. But he's only releasing it on vinyl. Uh, which so, is some flat shit, you know? I think this is the first year uh, vinyl outsold CDs, too. So, like, vinyl's coming back, too, yeah. like, that wave. So, I'm hyped, man. So, how did, how did what was the first bomb, like, the first piece of content maybe you put out or the first event you threw? And were you were you into nightlife back then? Like, were you, So, I was actually one of the two Latin promoters for uh, 400 Club. Really? Yeah. Damn, I was, like, the 95 Bulls and shit. I didn't know you were part of 400 yeah. Club. So, back then, I was brought in. Uh, to help bring the Spanish girls in. It's yeah. predominantly a black promotional Right, crew. right. And it was me. Fuck, I can't believe I can't remember his name right now. It was I, three I of tell us. You. It was three of us that weren't part, that were like brought in. And it was basically, hey, we want to start mixing the crowd and we want to start getting a little bit of everything in. And they brought us in. And I was with them right at the end of Harrison's. It was like you and Simply Jess bringing in all the bad bitches. Well, Jess, and then there was another, there was a, fuck, I can't believe I can't remember his name right now. He's Venezuelan kid. He's going to kill me if he sees this. Mm. But uh, it was us that were helping that happen. And then uh, that's when they did the big move to play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that all happened. And I wrote off for a little while. I don't drink and I don't smoke. I'm completely shredded my entire life. Your whole entire life? Yeah, even my oh. parties and everything. Yeah. Like, the funny thing is people are like, because at the end of the party that the Scorpio bashes I would do, it's for guys to come in, they have to bring a bottle and a I chaser. I remember that. I remember that. And at the end of the night, I would end up with like 400 bottles. <laughs> because if it's four guys, they're bringing four bottles, four chasers. Yeah. 
a group of guys probably won't finish a bottle like and it's good shit you know yeah so everybody would laugh and i would literally have alcohol stashes in my office or my warehouse what'd you do with all those bottles when i would throw a party or barbecue you know open bar go for it fire so it's like you know some of that you know I'd, I would do like certain things and like my close friends that I grew up with. I'd be like, yo, take whatever you want home. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. We used to take pictures of the, you know, empty bottles, half bottles, and then bottles that never opened. And it was just like crazy pictures and stuff like that's that. That's crazy. So you dabbled in the nightlife for a little <clears throat> bit. A little mm-hmm. bit. And then more recently, like I got out of it for a long time. And then more recently, I got involved with the, the pool parties. So, excuse mm-hmm. me, day, day parties were better, more my vibe than anything. Like, I mean, that's a new thing, right? Because I was I talking to Zog last week and I and I told him like the whole Sunday brunch like Sundays in Miami are a shit show like from like one p.m. all the way to like three in the morning yeah. and he, it never used to be like that people never really went out during the day back then mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and this is like a new thing so and then pool parties you know you had a couple day parties what you're doing pool parties now I was no I'm not I haven't Uh-oh. done them since right before November right before COVID hit mm. so it was I guess. November 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so confused at the, no, the yeah. these days, but November was like when I was done uh, at them from the from the last place that I was at, and I was trying to figure out what's going on. And then obviously everything shut down, and yeah. you know, all that went down. But so, what was the first thing that kind of got your name buzzing in the city? Was it bro? I was photo shoot or the behind the scenes. Mm. So I used to get all the cars for music videos back in the days. So I used to be on almost every set bringing cars. So like wow. top back remix with Ti and all of them. I was on set of that. We shot in okay. Opalaka Airport. Uh, always strapped. That was before I even worked the with Wayne Cash Money. Shit. Yeah, that Fine. we shot at Karu and Y. Um, bro, I don't even remember at this point, but it's a bunch of shit. Yeah. Um, I did a Briscoe Little Wayne. I'm in the hood. We shot that in Opalaka near the Triangle. Song. So I was hoping to get cars for all that stuff, and um, I would always bring my camera, mm-hmm. and I would take pictures of the cars on set. And then that, you know, I would do it more so just so I can have content to show, hey, look, I got this car in the video. Do you want to put your car in the video? Because the first video I ever did, I was, I can't remember if I was 17 or 18. It was for Little Kim. They shot a video on the bridge right next to the, the, the original Port of Miami bridge that's mm-hmm. now shut down mm-hmm. right next to Bayside. And mm-hmm. we shot a video with like a German DJ and an MC featuring Little Kim. It's called Kim Natize. And if you watch the video, I'm actually in the, in the intro of the video because they asked yeah. us to be in it. So this is... 99 2000 i think mm-hmm. and i had a cadillac with hydraulics and all that stuff back then so i don't even think i had hydraulics back then yet but your spinners the- no remember when we cared about our rims that was a wild time yeah. i still <laughs> care about my yeah no. no but like the measurement of them and oh, shit yeah, yeah, like yeah, people yeah. were rapping about like the size yeah. of their rims and shit but it's funny enough i have 14 so i used to get made fun of because so, i had little rims <laughs> i feel like these kids don't give a fuck about your rims <laughs> well it's i have a different theory on that but we'll get to that later okay. but we did that and then um only four cars were gonna get paid mm-hmm. someone jumped over me and my car was in the main shot and they fucked me and they took my rage so when i go to and i don't know if the producer fucked me or and they lied to me i don't know i just got fucked mm-hmm. so i was like all right who are you and where you were supposed to pay me right and i figured okay it's the producer that pays out or producer or art department so all right bet my lowrider was my everyday car so every time i would drive by and i would see production trucks and stuff i would pull up in my car and be like hey if you ever need cars hit me up mm-hmm. You know, so like, who the fuck is this kid? But I would pull up because all my friends had cars. Yeah. Like I said, this was late 90s, early 2000s when cars matter. Yeah. You know, so that's how I kind of got on set and people would start hitting me up to like, hey, you know, we need cars, we need cars, we need cars. So I would take the pictures of the cars and they would let me because there was nowhere to post them. Yeah. I had a blogspot.com. I don't even remember blogspot. Yeah, damn. So, and I had my blogspot.com slash Derek G. 
and that's where you can see the photos. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, I smartened up and I bought DerekG.com. That basically became a thing where it's like, if you want to see behind the scenes, that's where you would go. That's mm-hmm. how I built that brand. Mm-hmm. But so the funny shit is, obviously, it was the first of cars. Then I'm taking pictures with, like, the video girls in front of the cars and the artists in front of the cars. You're bringing the cars. You're bringing the Spanish girls. Like, you're like the plug in Miami. Like, those well, are the two most important things in Miami, I think, Well, bro. not even. <laughs> so funny shit is, on the videos, I wasn't even there yet. But what would happen is, is, obviously, the girls would see me taking pictures. They're like, oh, can you send me those? So I started building a network of girls because, on mm. set, smartphones weren't a thing yet. Yeah. And so, girls wanted to take pics by cars back then. That was like a thing. It was the whole car scene. Like that was yeah. the vibe because like that's how you build the fan base. It's all men. And, yeah. You know, it's a different it's a different animal. And funny shit is, like I told you before we got on, is like I'm doing the vintage stuff. You know, vintage posters of like the 80s and 90s with the girls with the Lambos and all that shit goes for good money right now. What? Because it's art. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a decade. It's an era that, you know, there's a lot of people that like it. Back then, you couldn't have it. Now you have your man cave. You want to throw something that brought you back to your childhood or you know, nostalgia. Nostalgia gets expensive. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So Especially kind of, now. Yeah. Because everything's digital. Anything tangible is going to go up in value yeah. now. Look at all that so, NFT shit that's going on. Like, crazy, People right? want to own files. It's, it's Bro, Pokemon card. I told my boy, I'm like, yo, I'm about to go in my mom's attic and just go through like like Power Ranger like action figures and po- see if I got my Pokemon card still and just see like if I could pull out like a $500,000 something bro I don't know crazy man you know? money hanging on there but yeah. long story short I started shooting the um, I started building a network of girls obviously getting the pictures of them to the point where I would book cards for videos and be like hey do you know any girls mm-hmm. and I was like oh I know these girls that have been on this video and that video like oh can you call them and then now I started becoming the guy with the girls and the guy with the cars yeah so then, you know, I started meeting people, whatever like that. And then I would also take pictures. Mm-hmm. So then it came to a point where I would meet certain directors, I'd meet certain people, and they'd be like, hey, we don't need cars, and we already got the girls. You want to just come shoot behind the scenes? Like, all right, cool. So I was triple dipping. Yeah. So, like, on certain sets, I'd book cars, I'd book girls, and I would shoot. do the behind the scenes. So Fire. I was making decent money doing yeah. that. So, like, that's kind of, like, how the ball started rolling. And then, you know... I learned like branding has always been my shit. Like I, mm-hmm. I love branding. I love marketing. Photography is like my passion, mm-hmm. but just like on a business sense, like I love branding and marketing. So like I you, learned. You do it right though, bro. Your branding has always been clean. I feel like, damn, I, I feel like in Miami, it's hard to find like, I, I just, I've always liked your taste. It's always been clean. It's always been, it, it's always, I mean, it's part of your phrase. It lo- it's always looked expensive. You know what I'm saying? Well, like my whole thing is my theory on the signature is because, you know, I sign my photos like an artist signs his paintings because this is my art. Mm-hmm. That was my theory behind the signature. That's why I wanted mm-hmm. a signature. And I never did like Derek G photography mm-hmm. because to me it was beyond that. Right. You know what I mean? Because like if you say you're a photographer, they just put you in that corner. If you say you do mm-hmm. video, they just put you in that corner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure for a long time you were just a DJ. Right. But you're. You're a producer, right, you're right. a director, you a crea- have your own show. you just say creator at yeah. the end of the day. Well, really. I created the term creative engineer because mm. there's creative directors that they tell you what to do. Creative engineers execute. Yeah. So I'm an executor in that sense. So mm. that's why, like, even on my business card, they've always said creative engineer. And now I find people snatching that term. Yeah. When they ask me, like, oh, what does that mean? And I'm like, I execute. I don't just give you an idea. Like, yeah. I can actually make it happen for you. Mm. So, like, that's how that whole thing worked out. And then how does, okay, so what happens from there? You got the buzz going. You got, you know, you're doing, you're in all these video shoots. You're building up this network. What, what, what is the next play? What, what, do you, how do, what do you do to take it to the next level? I mean, when did you start curating events? Did you start? I mean, I would just, you know, you got to remember early to mid-2000s, they were shooting everything out here. 
Yeah. When that's when Khaled popped off, we taken over. That was 2006. Mm-hmm. You know, and then with Khaled being here, you know, the whole Cash Money click that moved down here, mm-hmm. you know, po- you know, because of Katrina. Oh, it was before Katrina, but once Katrina hit, they just like, all right, we're staying here. Yeah. Um, you know, Trick was popping. Flowrider had just appeared. Briscoe had just came out. Trina was popping. Like it was. It was popping. Yeah, it was popping. So it was like things were happening in the city where it's like, all right, cool, a lot of shit's happening. And I was just busy. We're shooting, you know, 10 videos a month. Mm. So I was on set all the time. And like, yeah, you know, so it was like, it was just, it wasn't, it was never a goal. It just happened. Yeah. Remember, I was a car guy. Yeah. And I like to take pictures and, you know, hey, both of these things are needed on, you know, on sets or whatever. And then I just kind of just became that guy. And it was one of those things where, you know, People like in production, you know, you got to give them props because the guys at the bottom that make the least money work the hardest, mm. you know, and they earn their spot, you know, to get to the directors and the producers and the first ADs and all that stuff. And these guys like, but I've seen guys like would serve coffee and now they're, mm. you know, they're full blown directors, you know, mm-hmm. and they work their way to the top. Bro, I, I fucking stepped in shit and I was able to jump that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just be on the director's chair with these guys and just be in the loop because what I learned is, you know, as a DJ, <clears throat> you know, it's different because it's it's kind of like um, it's a formality for if someone comes and does your show, they take a picture with the DJ. Mm-hmm. You know, in that world, if you're a director, you want to ask for a photo. It's kind of like you're acting like a fan. Yeah, it has like a groupie. Damn, so, but I even kind of feel like that, too, when artists come to events and I'm DJing. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the guy who doesn't want to take the pic, you know? So, like, my, so my theory is like I will never make the director feel like that. I'd be the one like, hey, let me get a shot of you guys. I'm documenting mm. history. You're the so guy direct- who throws the alley-oop. So directors were like, thank you. They gave me the mm. high five. Like, yo, bet. Same thing with, you know, the DPs and all the guys that are working. They always want that picture with the celebrity. Mm-hmm. And what I would do is I would get the picture candidly like, while they're actually working. They don't even know I took the shot. And then I'd be like, yo, look. And they're like, oh, mm. shit. So, like, obviously everybody wants to fuck with me yeah. because it's like, oh, this guy has all these pictures of me working. And you're and, looking out. You, you're, you're, like, I mean? strategic with your shooting. So, it's, like, a lot of shit is, like, I would tell him, like, yo, don't ask for the photo. Let me do it. Because then mm. the, the artist, actor, whoever we're working with yeah. just sees me. Oh, he's a behind-the-scenes guy. He's doing his job. Yeah. He's not a groupie. He's, this, he's getting This is his job. Yeah, yeah. The director shouldn't be stopping me to take a photo. So, it works out for everybody. Damn. So, like, that was, like, kind of, like, a little niche, you know, mm-hmm. that I was able to get in with that. Plus, I was resourceful. Mm-hmm. You need cars last minute, I got you. You need girls last minute, I got you. You know, now even to the point where, like, I'm paying more attention to certain things. Like, now you can access all the girls through Instagram. So, yeah. it's, like, it's pointless. Yeah, I was so going like, to ask you, how do you feel about the game now when it comes to, like, the photography? Like, I'm not, in the photography, I'm fine. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I do what I do. I know where I stand. Like, funny thing is I, I talk with other photographers and guys that came up under me, you know, like, they complain about people that, you know, they met or people that, are, oh, no, damn, you know, this guy, got a, this guy got a fucking camera now. And I was like, I didn't trip when you got a camera. Why are you tripping when he, now yeah. that he's getting a camera, like, mm. you must be insecure about where you stand. Mm. I never felt insecure about, you know, yeah. you know how many, you know how many photographers now were up and coming rappers that never popped off? Or they tried and tried and tried, yeah. but they met everybody because they were great at networking. Yeah. And what they did is they want they learned. It's like they tell you, you don't have to be a basketball player to be in the basketball industry. Right. You know what I mean? That's what I like about Slam, about pit school. It teaches you like you don't have to be an athlete to be in sports. Mm. There's a bunch of business in there. Yeah. So like, you know, there's different ways to maneuver still being in the same industry. And, and, you, and, 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 and be involved in your passion. 
And yeah. But you don't have to be in the limelight. Exactly. Bro, I do. I mean, you know, I was with Cash Money for about six years. I was, I was with LeBron for two years. Mm-hmm. And, like, one thing I learned about being around those guys, like, they sacrifice their privacy. They sacrifice their peace of mind to a certain mm-hmm. extent because, obviously, yeah, they, they, have, they can afford all the protection that they need. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, the way they move is different. But if I want to go to Walmart right now, I could. Yeah. yeah you know crazy, what I mean? And, and that's the thing. We were on tour once. And I'm not going to say who it was, but we were on tour once. And we're somewhere in middle America. We're on the tour bus. And we would do, like, these stops, like, at Target to Walmart just to, like, re-up on, like, you know, snacks or mm-hmm. deodorant or whatever we need, to, you know, for the bus. Mm-hmm. And everyone on the, got off the bus except for one person. And as I'm walking off, they're literally sitting in the window, like, yeah, like, fuck, I can't get off. Yeah. And it's like, yo, fuck that. Like, the fact that you're a prisoner of your own Yeah. Straight to your fame, bro. Like, you know, and basically that's what it is. So, like, yeah. I've always told people, like being famous is not all the time and the funny shit is like all these kids don't want to be famous or they want to be instagram famous or insta famous or youtube yeah. famous and it's a thing because obviously people are living off of it it's real income it's real yeah yeah but but sometimes it seems like these kids want fame more than they actually want like the money because they don't you know? understand money because they've never worked for it mm. that's the thing mm. they want to be cool and they're cool in school because mom and daddy give them their lunch money then they don't know right. what working is yet right. but then when they realize that once they become a has-been Mm. that ego's gonna get in the way and then when they have to go get a real job and humble themselves yeah you know the ego's gonna be their you know their worst shit and then they're gonna to me that's the whole boxing thing that's going on right now my opinion with this boxing shit between floyd and and jake paul Mm -hmm. this is my theory as an entertainer i think it's genius that floyd mayweather is doing it because obviously it makes him more relevant with younger viewers it does a lot of shit as a professional boxer i think it's the dumbest shit on earth yeah, I so mean, it's, it's like weird. boxing is becoming like the WWE right now. It's it's but it's just it's entertainment at the end of the day. That's what I'm saying. But everyone will will sacrifice the integrity to get that dollar. You know what I'm saying? Which is yeah, because I'm sure at the end of the day, I'm sure Mayweather. I mean, whether it be set up or not, Mayweather's not going to lose. I get him bet my life on that, but I don't know. You think so? Damn, what if he catches him, bro? He's gonna he you know? It's a, to me, it's a big load of shit because they're not even the same size. Yeah. When you box in a professional boxing thing, you have to be in classes. They're not even in the same class. Yeah. So it's like, to me, it's a show. Yeah. It's yeah. a show at the end of the day, and they're both going to get a check, and you know yeah. what I mean? So it's yeah. like, that's what I'm saying. As an entertainer, it's genius. It's going to create a bunch of money. It's going to be dollars. We're going to watch it. Too. Yeah. <laughs> but as a professional boxer, I'm kind of like, man. Yeah. You know? And yeah. once again, I don't care for sports. It's just me talking about yeah, like, yeah, yeah. where things are going and like. This argument can, can we could t- this, draw parallels to this argument to anything, bro, right now. Everyone's you know what right. I mean? Yeah. So it's like the same thing with like, you know, what I was saying about, you know, people worrying about who's doing what and like, yo, there's mm-hmm. 8 billion people in the world. Yeah. You know, there's money for everybody. The abundance out here. out here. Like, yeah. People are so worried about their, and it's just insecurities at that point. So much success I mean? is not your downfall. People don't understand that, bro. You know? And not everyone's your customer. I've learned that. Not everyone is your customer. Elaborate on that. So, for example, like when I first dropped my t shirts, mm-hmm. um, I dropped them at $55 for a t shirt. I wouldn't pay $55 for a t shirt yeah. at that point. <laughs> but uh, where I put them at, the owner of the store was like, I was like, yo, should I lower the price? He's like, no. Stand your ground because not everybody's your customer. Your customer will buy your product. Mm. And sure enough, like it proved itself. So I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. You know, that was part of my learn. Like that was part of my lesson. And funny enough, the brand's called IAE, which stands for I am expensive. Right. And it started off because where branding hit me in the face, we were in London. I was in, in Paris with uh, Birdman and that crew. We were out there for a Wayne tour. 
and we went to Louis Vuitton, one of the main Louis Vuitton stores in Paris. And we go in, there's, it's two-story, we go up to the second floor, and uh, about an hour and a half of him buying shit, he spends $22,000. Literally goes down to the line to all his boys, funny shit, goes, yo, you want something? Everybody says no. He looks at me, he skips me. This is the first time I go overseas with them, so it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and I probably would have said no anyway to yeah. that, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm, you know, I'm trying to keep says professional, yes, yeah. you know? Whatever. He ends up spending about 22 grand, they pay, we're leaving, we're walking down the stairs, Somebody opens a drawer like at the bottom of the stairs and there's socks there. He tells the person that works at the store, he's like, yo, uh, well, how many colors do you have? It's like, oh, there's like three colors. He's like, cool. Give me you know, one of each. And the way they sell their socks is literally one pair of socks. Mm-hmm. So it's two socks. Right. So each pair of socks is $400. So he took three. So it's $1,200 on, yeah. on three pairs of socks, which is six individual socks. And then while he says he obviously had to ring that up, he's like, oh, you know what? Fuck, it's this lady's birthday. Yo, let me get two of those purses. Let me get that. Let me get that. Those socks triggered another, what was it? I think it was like another $11,000 in sales. We were there for another hour and a half. So by the three hours he spent. Wait, why did it trigger the other sales? Because he paid already. We were leaving. Uh-huh. And then he saw that and he had to ring that up. This is because he had to ring that up. He was like, oh, fuck it. You know what? Let me get this. Because buying something at Louis Vuitton is not like just leaving a store. Right, like, right. It's a process. So buying the socks reminded him to buy other shit? Well, no. Since he was already going to pay for that oh. and he looked up because we were upstairs. He didn't oh. even walk the downstairs. But since we were already downstairs, he had to pay for it. He's looking around. He's like, fuck it. Let me get that. Let me get mm-hmm. that. Let me get that. Let me get that. Mm-hmm. And he ended up spending $33,000 wow. within three hours. Jeez, bro. And it all, you know, it was because of the brand. Yo, with $1,200, I could buy socks for the rest of my life. That's crazy. He bought three pairs of socks. And then that's not, and then, so that, is that one, you said that's one of the things where branding hit you well, in the face? Like, yeah, it's like, you're, he's buying them because they're, yeah, they're cashmere socks. I'm sure they're super comfortable, right. but they're fucking socks. Right. So I was like, all right, cool. That's where like, I am expensive and all that yeah. shit came from. And I was like, okay, that's what brand is. Because there, if, if there would have been Hanes cashmere socks, I'm sure he would have been like, fuck yeah. those socks. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like, all right, cool. Like this is this. That's where it's at. And you gotta no price what. it to make it scarce, aka to make it valuable. You know what I mean? Like, well, the best thing that that ever did for me was it took all the bullshit calls out. Nobody would call me and ask me for prices anymore. Because mm. off rip, when it was like, oh, he's expensive. Never mind. So it took the haggler out. It took oh, the fucking. Fine. So that did me a favor. Yeah. That I was like, all right, cool. Like I don't, you know, I don't have to deal with that dumb. And I don't call it dumb phone call, but obviously people don't know. But it became a, to a point where. For a while, I had clients that would just be like, yo, invoice me. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing. Yeah. Because like, all right, cool. I'm getting paid what I want to do what I want. Yeah. You know, with cool people. Yeah. With people who aren't cheap. Like, you know, you so yeah. that was like a turning point for me in my career where, excuse me, where, you know, shit hit the fan in a good way. Mm-hmm. Is that around the time that you, because bro, those hats, those Hialeah high, hats, those, bro, that might be your most popular piece like right like in the IAE brand yeah yeah and not for obvious reasons you know i did 12 to start off and it was just literally for like my like a small circle group of friends and i like gifted like one to like gio gonzalez from the mm-hmm. nationals at the time um and a couple other people mm-hmm. and obviously it's like yo make me one you'll make me one you'll make me one. so have you ever seen one that has my signature on the side that's one of the original 12 wow so it's like and then i have like I've probably made over 2,000 of, 2, of those hats. What? And then, like, Grutman wore it in shoe gallery and posted it. And then that shit. And that's how I met Grutman, because of that hat. Wow. He's like, I don't wear hats, but, I mean, everybody keeps tagging you. So, I'm guessing, you know, yeah. and he didn't know who I was. He didn't know what I did. So, once he's like, oh, shit, you know this dude and you know that. Like, I was already, I had my own network. I had yeah. my own shit. I was already doing shit with cash money in them. So, like, oh, okay, cool. 
And like, that's how we linked up. Was that your first time kind of like getting into the merch game? Like, hey, let me just start with a hat and kind of like sell a hat, see if I nah, could. Bro, I did, guy, I did a, like, I've always like been super heavy Miami, super heavy 305. I did like these 305 shirts for Guy Ocho years ago mm-hmm. and they flopped. I mm-hmm. think they were like a little too ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like me trying. And I obviously, you don't know about how many colors you put on screen print and how expensive it gets. Yeah. And, you know, you learn how to design stuff where it's cheaper to print. And But no, I've tried. I tried. This is like my second attempt. Mm-hmm. And it's done good. I mean, I don't I don't get behind it at 100% just because I don't have the time or the energy for it. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like when I get inspired to do something, I'll drop something. Gotcha. I usually like re, I usually re-up for 305 day because I do really good on 305 days. We do the festivals in right, right. and stuff like that. So... Like, I'll re-up for that. Um, I'm actually about to drop. So we just set up shop with uh, <clears throat> with Youth Concept Gallery. And uh, my boy, Quan. we actually got at the Faena Bazaar, which is across the street from the Faena Hotel. It's like their shopping complex. Mm-hmm. Um, my boy set up shop in there. And he's like, yo, Chico, we got to get your shit in here. Wow. So we actually just dropped the play different stuff, which is like the Playboy bunny with the apple colorway. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember that. I dropped it in 2016 and actually had some inventory left over. So we dropped it there again. And I'm actually making an exclusive I am expensive shirt for there because obviously that's yeah. you know, the finest, the number one hotel on the beach. Mm-hmm. And so we're set up in there. So I'm actually getting ready to drop some stuff. And so when situations come up like that, I'll do stuff or I'll drop more. I don't have like seasons. I'll yeah. do like a capsule depending on what's happening in life, what's happening around and kind yeah. of stuff like that. But so, I'm not I'm not behind it a thousand percent. I do more of the vintage than I do the merch. Got, got you. Got you. I mean, well, what's the difference? I mean, because you're making vintage merch. No. No. So the merch is streetwear, whatever you like screen print. Right. Vintage is I gotta go and find it. Oh. You don't just go find nineties glorious well, Stephon tees. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not gonna put anybody on blast, but I think I, I have a friend who has a boutique and I they make the shirt and then they wash it. And make it look like it's vintage. I mean, that's there. a style. Yeah, there yeah. is brands. So there's so for example, single stitch is like a specific thing for like how shirts were made back then. Now there's companies that are doing shirts single stitch, so it has that feel and that mm-hmm. look, but they're just yeah. retro, they're not vintage. Yeah. Like this is, you know, if you look at this hat, this is one of the original hats from the two life crew cover. Oh, where they're all wearing yeah. it. Oh, damn. You know, I mean this old Miami heat shift. So from you're the 90s. really digging for shit. Like Yes, and then you have the guys that are like, you know, in, in the trenches, like really going in and then you buy off of them, like wholesale style. Got you. So like sometimes I dig if I'm in the mood or you literally hit up a bunch of thrift shops or you go to the guys that do this for a living and you just, you know, wholesale from them. And then what's your favorite piece that you found that you dug up that you're like, wow, this is legendary. Bro, I have a miso horny two life crew. I love my, I collect specifically yeah, Miami yeah. stuff. Um, I have this fire Cayocho tea that I love. Um, this hat right. probably, I, got, I mean, I got, so I, I got yeah. a lot of shit. So that's dope, bro. Yeah, no, man. As far, I mean, since you're one of the biggest photographers in the city as well. Are you getting any of this um, OnlyFans money from these chicks, bro? Bro, like, I started a Patreon and I try to like follow through with it and like it's work. Like it's more work yeah. and it doesn't pay out. Like these girls are making the real money. Like I talked to a couple of photographers that have the pages and they're like, they go in full force and it's mm-hmm. like, we're not making what they make. Really? So they I, should be getting a, 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 like, if these girls are making a lot of money, like pay the photographer a good amount, like generously. That's well, not- no. So what I understood is, so like during quarantine, a couple of the guys that I talked to that really got into it, they were, um, you know, like, I don't know if OnlyFans has this, but Patreon shows you how many subscribers you have. Mm-hmm. And then you know what it is a month. So you could do the math and figure out what oh. a girl's making. So what these guys were doing was like, hey, you're making this much. Give me 15 percent. 
the girl has a hundred thousand followers yeah and they're paying 10 bucks a month do the math yeah so these guys are like working overtime and shit like that and like they're making real money in that sense they're not making money off the only fans they're making money off the content that they're doing for the girls got you but these girls are producing shit daily so it's like you know they just want to be pretty and get in front of a camera and let someone else do all the editing and all that other shit but you know that's just a different world yeah i started a patreon to post like some pictures that were like too too hot for ig yeah you know that don't follow the guidelines and i don't know dude yeah yeah. it it becomes work and like i said i I talked to a couple other guys that have their pages and it's like it's cool but it's not it's not worth the time it's not what they're at least for me it's not maybe for them it is but yeah it's not what these girls are making damn bro you know And, and and how'd your mind as far as the car game now like well what i mean my theory on that what we're talking about so Recession 2007. Mm-hmm. Well, no, we had recent recession 2014, right? I mean, 08 was the first one, right? 07, yeah. 08 was the, and then, I mean, I feel like just, I think 07, 08 was probably like the bigger gap. Yeah. So my theory on that is when that happened, because Uber and all that came right after, yeah, because Uber and all that came like 09, like 2009. Uber's been around for 10 years already. Yeah, what? Man. So what happens is, so those two, three years of those kids that turned 14 to 16. There was no money. You couldn't cut. There was no money to customize cars. There was no money for none of that. They were hopping in Ubers. Well, Uber happened. Right. Back then, you needed a car to get laid. Yeah. These kids don't need a car anymore. You just need a fresh fit. Yeah. You need a car to smash, too, bro. You couldn't take them to your mom's crib. I remember that shit. I don't know what they're doing. Now, but like, back then, you need... And the thing is, now, like, I'll need a dude that's, like, dressed super fly. And they got a $5,000 outfit on. He's a Honda Civic or, like, a Prius. Like, the car doesn't matter. And the girls don't care either yeah that's wild and i think it's that little gap of like well since no one was spending money those kids didn't grow up and they're like oh i have to hook up my car because my friends are hooking up their cars yeah because nobody was yo if that's my theory on and then uber became and now you don't need it i'm not that's a that's a fair theory bro having straight like designer clothes on hopping into a honda civic is nuts that damn did, were you into like the donks and shit like miami shit like yeah, i got a 75 vert yeah yeah wow that's yeah, crazy I got a 75 vert all original well, restore to all. It looks all original. It got all the new technology, new motor, new everything, but it looks factory from 75. Dope, bro. So I ask people this because, you know, me and you share the, the the passion for our city. If there was a Miami Mount Rushmore, who are the four people you putting on the Miami Mount Rushmore? It could be anyone. It could be athletes. It could be whatever. Businessmen. Probably be Gloria Stefan. Uh-huh. And Emilio. Okay. Just pick one of those for that. For Gloria. That. Okay. okay. Um, Udonis. Wow, I'm not mad at that. Udonis has to be up there. The fact that he took a pay cut or anything just to stay in the city says a lot to me. Okay. Um, it's tough, man, because a lot, like, there's some, and you, I have never dealt with them, so I don't know. Um, I might have to put Dave Grubman up there, bro. If there was a South Beach one, Grubman would okay. go on it. Okay. Miami, no. Okay. You know, he's a homie, Naples. You could rep in oh, Naples. Okay, he's from okay, Naples. I got you. Know? Sure, I got you. Like, even though Gloria is not from here, like, Gloria moved here and she popped off here. And she, to me, she's the American dream. Like, she's the true definition of the American dream. Like, they mm-hmm. came over here with when it wasn't popping and they mm-hmm. they were a big turning point for that. Definitely Gloria and Udonis. Um, Luke. Okay. That last one. It's tough. I don't know. Yeah. Damn, Probably know. Michael Mann. Michael Mann. The guy who did Miami Vice. Okay. Okay. We could do fucking fictional character. You might have to put this guy right here. Like, yeah. Tony. Yeah. 
It's classic. But like, you know, because I mean, Miami wasn't nothing in like the 80s. People don't know that. Like, it was falling apart. It was Miami Vice that turned everything. Yeah, it was like, yeah. I mean, they were the ones that were restoring the hotels and restoring all the apartment buildings and putting the neons and bringing all that shit back to life yeah. for the TV show. And when they would leave, obviously, they're not taking it down. It's already painted and the neons yeah. are up. They're not going to take them down. Yeah. So they stayed. And then that's what kind of started the push of like, oh shit, like, you know, that show's bringing people here because they think this is real life. Yeah. Even though some of it was real life, but obviously it's all like scripted. But even the, the music scene in there, because my godfather, who I was named after, mm-hmm. is Casey and the Sunshine Band. Oh, dope. Yeah, so yeah, him and my dad grew up and went to Hialeah High together, oh, and my dad was born in Hialeah and shit. So yeah, they were running around in the late 70s and in the early 80s. And yeah, my dad would tell me stories about how there wasn't shit west of, of 441, you know? It was just all like Everglades and forest, yeah. and people go over there and fucking just get fucked up and shit, like on the weekends and. Different times. It, yeah, bro. Bro, I, I wish I was born in that time. Bro. I wish I tell everybody all the time. I wish I was this age in the '80s. What? We'd be rich, probably. We'd be fucking super rich, bro. So damn, bro. So you, you worked with LeBron. You said for a couple years. What was yeah, that two experience? Years. Last like? year in Miami, first year back in Cleveland. Wow. It's really, really good, man. Because I went from dealing with cash money. I don't say dealing. I went from working with cash money for almost six years, mm-hmm. where, you know, this is talent. You know. Their artistry is completely different mm-hmm. where, you know, they don't necessarily have to take care of their bodies mm-hmm. so they can use substances yeah. and, you know, drink and party and the whole yeah. nine to like going to an athlete where everything mm. has to be like on point Clean. what they eat, what they drink, you know, substances, everything had to be. So it went, you know, with the cash money guys, like when I first started, obviously you don't know. You think that they're going to respect your time, but when they're paying you a day rate, you're on their time. Yeah. Yeah. So they used to be like, hey, you know. We're, we're flying out at 7 p.m. And mind you, we flow private everywhere. So, mm-hmm. like, be at the airport. You know, in a private airport, you can leave your car there. It's, like, a different, it's a whole different world. So, I would get there, like, 6.30, 6.45 to be safe. Mm-hmm. You know, grab all my bags, have the camera ready to get them pulling up. They would show up at, like, 2 in the morning. So, I'm sitting at the airport for seven hours. Oh, and they could take off whenever they want. Like, yeah. Kind of, so, yeah. like, you know, I'm waiting. The pilots are waiting. And I'm sitting in, like, and mind you, these are terminals that are, you know, flat screen. Like, yeah. it's, it's plush, but it's just, you know, yo, I could have done a lot with those seven hours. Yeah, but yeah. I taught myself, like, you're getting paid for this time. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. So I started bringing movies and watching yeah. shit and things like that. So I went from that to working with LeBron where he'd be like, yo, be in my house at 9. I would show up at 9.50. He'd be walking out. I mean, I'd be show up at 8.50. He'd be walking out at 8.55. If I would have shown up at 9, I would have been late. Damn. And he oh, would be God. like, hey, we're going to be done at 2. 1.45, he'd be like, yo, we're good. I'll holler at you later. So it was like clockwork. What type of shit were you shooting for LeBron? I mean, just lifestyle, him training, him getting ready. Um, He's a cool dude. Yeah. That's when you're in the, I mean, you gotta understand, bro. Like the pressures of like it. It's and it goes back to like, I guess not wanting to be famous. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like everyone you talk to, you don't know what their intent, intent is. Yeah. You mm-hmm. don't know what you know their mission is. You don't know what it is. So it's you know it's you gotta understand why sometimes you know celebrities are assholes yeah you don't know what they deal with you don't know who they talk to before they talk to you and i get it like yo you're getting into this you should know where you're about to deal with like right. you should make peace with the fact like hey you know you gotta put a front up sometimes yeah and that's why some of these guys snap and i can understand you know some guys snap worse than others but you know mm-hmm. it's it's a situation but you know one of his guys told me what he loved about me is i was the only guy that didn't talk to him about basketball mm-hmm. i'm not a sports fan like i yeah, said yeah so yeah. like 
Yeah, I thought that was cool. We talked about cars. Sneakers. I was going to say, what are some other things that he's into that maybe you wouldn't know? He's that? a car guy. Okay. So that was big. Uh, sneakers. Okay. You know, things like that. Um, did, you he ever, did he ever rock any of your merch or? No, show you? Never, yeah. I never saw I mean, I gave him shit. I don't know if you ever rocked it. Yeah. I never saw it, but yeah, I'm not sure. But, um, you know, he liked other sports too. He was into soccer. Mm. So I got to go to see one of his, uh, I don't remember they both played or it was one of them, but I got to mm-hmm. go to a soccer game with him in Akron and watch his kids play. Fly. So I like to see him be a father, yeah, not an athlete. And obviously he walks in and the people respect him, but you see all of them like gawking and staring yeah. and, but they all give him his place. They say hi to him, but yeah. no one's asking for pictures and stuff like that. So yeah. it was cool to see like that side of things. I DJ one of his son's basketball games oh, and dope. it's like, I'm the guy who doesn't want to ask for the picture, you know, mm-hmm. but then I'm like, damn, if I had that flick on the, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, and I guarantee you there's somebody has a picture somewhere where he's standing and you're in the background or vice versa. Oh, I, I mean, I have a video of him just like I'm DJing yeah. and I'm looking at him in the bleachers, like wilding out to what I'm playing, mm-hmm. you know, which was cool. But yeah. yeah, I guess that, that prideful shit kind of fucks you sometimes. I think we're Scorpios, bro. I think that's the, like, I, I don't know, bro. Like I'm yes and no. I think everything is time and place. Gotcha. Because I'm one to never ask for a photo. You know, the first picture I ever took with Birdman, like literally, was on my birthday. I produced a job for him. And like it was for professional photographer, like it goes for his vodka. And they were like, they all like wished me a happy birthday. And I was like, fuck it, let's take a picture. The photographer was in position. It was like easy. The vibe was right. Yeah. You read the vibe. Yeah. And then same thing with LeBron. We were actually, when he went back to Cleveland, they were shooting a Beast by Dre commercial back at uh, St. Vincent, St. Mary, which was his high school. Right. And I wore a shirt on purpose that said, say, number, same hood, since mm-hmm. I represent Hialeah so much. And he, you know, he's all about Akron. He's like, yo, that shirt is dope. I was like, yo, I wore it on purpose. I'm going to take a picture with you at your school today. And he laughed. And he's like, oh, bet. Like, yeah. he thought, like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. the fact that I premeditated into it and, shit. and he understood, like, okay, cool. And it was like, no problem. And then another time, he asked me to take a picture. So I thought that was pretty cool. We were NBA All-Star in New York. And I was obviously shooting him. Took pictures of him with Raekwon and Ghostface. I took pictures of him with... um Kevin Hart, a bunch of people, Amy yeah. Schumer. Dope. And then he grabbed the camera and he gives it to one of his boys. He's like, yo, get a picture of me and D. Mm. And then Amy Schumer photobombed us. So, like, cool shit like that happened. Yeah. But I think, like I said, everything is time and place. I've always figured that if you act like a fan, they'll treat you like a fan. Mm. So, for these kids, damn, yo, Derek, I'm going to have to make that a clip, bro, for these young kids. Like, because sometimes I feel like they don't know mm-hmm. the time and place. This conversation that we're having, they can't distinguish when the time is right because they're just thinking about the clout. Like, yeah. let's get the clout. So, drop that again. What was that quote you said? If you act like a fan, they'll shoot you like a fan. Exactly. One thing I've seen that's so weird, obviously, autographs aren't a big thing anymore. It's like you see, like, the older guys asking for autographs and stuff like that, but, like, yeah. the kids, they want the selfie. And it's so crazy how many people will take a selfie with a celebrity. Not just with LeBron, just any celebrity I've worked with. They'll take the selfie and they don't even say thank you. They just walk away looking at the photo. Yeah. Like zombies. Yeah. Like, no <laughs> like if thank he gave you, you money and shit. Yeah. Like, no thank you. No, like, oh my God, great to meet you. It's just weird. Yeah. And it's just like, they just want the selfie and it's like, it's clout chasing. Yeah. They're, they're more worried about posting it right now yeah. than embracing the moment and enjoying yeah. the moment. That shit hit me in the face when I was, in, we were, I was with the cash money guys. We went to, we went to another time we were at Paris. We went to the Louvre. We mm-hmm. had the opportunity to go to the Louvre and we got to go see the Mona Lisa and all that shit. I was so tied up in taking a photo with the Mona Lisa that I couldn't remember that I did that. I had to go back and look at my camera multiple times that evening because mm-hmm. I couldn't remember seeing it with my own eyes because I was so worried about taking a photo with it. Wow. That I was just like, yo, I got to chill out. Yeah. Like I got to like embrace and take in. Because yeah. at the end of the day, memories is like what it is. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like... You know, there's a lot of stories that I could, you know, 
people at concerts filming the artists like you're 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 enjoying you're not even, the action you're not embracing it you're not taking it in you know what i mean and you got to kind of like tell yourself like cool get your shot mm-hmm. and fucking enjoy Keep the show moving, yeah like enjoy the show it's one thing obviously when i'm working i'm working mm-hmm. and it sucks because like i'm always in work like if i go to a concert i went to the easiest tour mm-hmm and like I was antsy because I didn't take my camera, and it's just like I don't take pictures. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. sitting in the stands. This guy's on like, a mountain and shit, and I don't. You know, know what I mean? And, like, and I'm just like fucking sitting here, and like I'm like, can I enjoy a concert? Yeah, but like I'm, I'd rather be shooting it. Yeah, like yeah. that's how I would truly enjoy it because mm. I'd be capturing moments and stuff like that. So like I learned like, concert is not really my thing unless like I'm gonna go shoot it. I got to go shoot a uh, Jay Z at uh, the Magna Carta tour, mm-hmm. and I got to shoot that. Um, so like that was fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, all the cash money shows that I've shot around the world. Fire. How was it working on, cause, you know, you've big brands like Nike mm-hmm. and you said Beast by Dre. Beast by Dre was what, one of my how, how How was it working with, with like the corporate vibe? Um, it was cool. Money's different. Money's way better, obviously. Talk about because it. the thing you with tell them, them your rate or they tell you the rate? You did, gonna... It's a, you know, once again, you're dealing with people that it's not their money. Mm. So they're a little looser with it. Got you. You know, the working with Birdman, Birdman's coming in the check. It's coming out of his pocket. Mm-hmm. So it's different versus me going to a brand, the person yeah, in charge of, of getting Nike, that. Done. Like just get this. Yeah. yeah, they need to get it done, and they just need to look good. So they mm-hmm. have an all. They have a budget. So like, yo, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll be like, yo, be honest with me. What is it? Where do you need me to stay? Mm-hmm. And they'll tell me, and so I'm like, all right, cool, I got you. Damn. Because what's gonna happen is like, okay, cool, he'll work with us. Mm-hmm. They're gonna bring you know. I'm here for the long run. I'm not here just to hit you yeah. know lump sum and keep it moving. Like, yeah, I want that callback every single time. You know, every time mm-hmm. you go to Miami. Let me know every time you need me somewhere. Let me know, you know, obviously, because the reason why I started working with LeBron is because I used to shoot for beats and Nike all the time. And when LeBron came to Miami, I was at almost all his shoots, but shooting for the late for the brands, not Mm -hmm. for him. Mm -hmm. And eventually I started like the same people would see me and they would say hi. And, you know, eventually we became friends. How are you? How's everything? But me and him never crossed paths. Like we would see I'd take pictures of him, but I never talked to him. Mm -hmm My theory, like, yo, unless they talk to me, I'm not going to say nothing to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And. I started meeting people and then eventually like on a job the day before the job, one of his guys told me like, yo, he wants to meet you. I'm like, who's he? And he's like, you know, Ron. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, you know, I'll be here tomorrow. I'm, I'm running the whole photography yeah. shit, you know, for you guys. So I'll be here. So sure enough, when I pulled up or when they were there and we got the walkie talkie, we're all on walkies. Like, yo, he's here. Like, I got to run all the cameras up there, whatever. He's like, yo, come here. Bringing me over, and luckily, since it was my camera crew, they were able to document it. So I had like my first, I had the video and the photos, of, like the what? first time me and him met, and everything. So that was pretty cool. Pharrell was there, like it was yeah. insane, you know what I mean? And that's how we linked up. And like, hey, you know, I shot him here. I went to Brazil for beats. Funny shit. I went to Brazil for beats. As soon as I got to my hotel, which is an hour away from the airport, they're like, don't, don't unpack your bag. We're gonna fly you back to Miami right away. And I'm just like, well, let me know because the airport's an hour away. Then they're like, no, we're going to fly you back tonight. I said, okay. Then they're like, no, never mind. We're just going to fly you back tomorrow night. Do what you have to do. Because I went to Brazil with the Little Beats characters to go shoot them on vacation. And it was this whole social campaign of like the Beats characters Mm -hmm. in Brazil for World Cup. And then I literally stayed there one night. You, you, You landed in Brazil and they told you you had to come right back? Yeah. Like that's like, that's how the moves were. And then, you know, doing stuff like that with them. I got to go to Brazil twice in 60 days i think it was that's so i went for the beginning of world cup and for the final game that's fire bro. So it's like random shit but the whole thing with those guys was just like you know it's trust mm-hmm. everything with them is like understanding like holding shit down mm-hmm. you know 
you slip up and you fuck up, they cut you off. You're done. I was doing something funny enough for a, for an artist out of Brazil in Miami, uh, through the Brazilian, you know, through the Brazilian chapter of I think it was Universal. And it was photo and video. The budget was big enough where I can hire somebody to help me do the video stuff, and I had mm-hmm. him edit it. I guess it was the biggest artist he had ever worked, he had ever edited or shot mm-hmm. that he decided to post it on Instagram before the label even got Ooh. it. Or no, the label had got it, but he just posted it as like, oh, my work. Mind you, it's not his work. Yeah. He got hired to do it. Right. If anything, it's my work, but right. it's not even mine. It's the labels, it's the artist. Right. He posted, I get a, uh, I get a, a message or I get a call through WhatsApp from Brazil and they're like, hey, um, why did you post a video? I was like, I didn't post a video. What are you talking about? Mind you, this is, I'm already a vet and I'm yeah, already, yeah. LeBron's already like, yeah. I had done LeBron two years with like, this was like already like vet shit. You know what I mean? And they're like, no, I was like, yo, it must've been somebody on your side. Cause it's no, definitely not my guy. I didn't think that guy was stupid enough to do it. And, um, sure enough, then she sent me a screenshot, like all the fan page. I was like, obviously we have a network with the fan pages because wow. they help us market. They all, they all send me the same screenshot of the same guy who posted it. Damn. So obviously call that guy a fucking yeah you know, you know where i sent him yeah and i never worked with him again because i had a leak in my system so it's Damn, like bro you know and obviously like i you know he's blacklisted i'll never hire him again like, yeah I'll never, i don't re- recommend him to nobody and the thing is the kid's good yeah that's the part that's you know that sucks yeah. he was he wanted clout versus work yeah shot himself in you the showed foot. your hand bro that's so crazy. the problem so you know I never got to do work with those guys again. And I see them always here in Miami, always doing stuff. And it's like, Damn, you never you hire know. someone again. Like, fuck it. I'll do this shit myself. No, no, I'll hire. No, yeah, I, yeah. it's just, once again, it's like, now it's different. You know, conversations are had like, yeah. you know, I won't say threats are made, but conversations <laughs> are had and you yeah. know, you can't fuck this up. Yeah. You know, this is the situation. Yada, yada, yada. But you know, you live and you learn and it is what it is. Everything to me, I'm a big believer that everything happens the way it needs to, whether it be good or bad. It needs to fact. happen that way. And you pivot. It's on you if you want to fail and you want to let it be your downfall or you could pivot. That's a fact, bro. How do you feel about the whole vibe in the city right now? Like the future of Miami? Because I'm excited right now because, mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, with the COVID, I feel like we have so many people moving in right now. It's getting a little nuts. Like with the, with the nucleus of the, you know, whether like the Wynwood downtown, Brickell. And, you know, Midtown area, like the traffic is insane. People are moving over here. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, though. I'm excited for the city. What is your... You know? I don't like it because, while it does bring more opportunity, mm-hmm. for some strange reason down here, the support system is garbage. What do you mean by that? Like support, like supporting your own, our own, like yeah, the people that own. are from here. Yeah. Here. yeah. And maybe it's because obviously our work ethic isn't the best here. And yeah. I'm, speaking, I'm speaking as the city as a whole. Damn, bro, it's crazy that you say that because I say that all the time. I, I, I said it, I said a tweet the other day. I got some 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 flack for it, and I said I'd rather work with someone a New Yorker than someone from Miami because it's more it's business, it's what we're doing. It's, it's you know, it, and it's sad, and you know. But the thing is, what sucks is obviously you have, you know, your mindset, my mindset, and I have a lot of friends that left Miami because there's no opportunity here. But all the mm-hmm. opportunity is here, especially now. Mm-hmm. But what happens is they fly people in from New York or LA, and they give them the opportunity. Yeah, because the guys that are cutting those checks. Are people from New York and they rather work with somebody that they're, they're people, yeah. that they're comfortable. They're people they want to put their people on, and I understand that. I respect that. Obviously, you want to look out for your own, but even the people from here that came up here that are fucking standing high, mm-hmm. they don't really want to like fuck with locals, I guess, because it's too close to home, or I don't Damn. know what it is. So it's like, you know, before Khaled or Ross fucked with me, Cash yeah. Money fucked with me, right? You know what I mean? And all the wrong Khaled and Ross before I was wrong Cash Money, right? But it was never like a real opportunity. Right. 
until Berg peeped and he was like, I bet, come on. Right. Took me under his wing for lack of better words. And, you know, yeah. fucking five, you know, almost six years later, travel around the world. So you're saying it's just the city's growing, but it's growing in a way where it's like people it, are just move at like out of towners are moving in and, and they're taking all diluting the What's going to happen is all the locals, they're going to move north or leave or, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not going to be, you know, it's going to be more of a Manhattan than it is a New York. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like Manhattan is, you know, yes, it's a part of New York, but, you know, LES is LES. Yeah. Uptown's uptown. Uh, yeah. But Manhattan is like, it's a yeah, Most people that live in Manhattan are not from Manhattan. Yeah. You know? you know what I mean? But New York is New York. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the thing I want, you know, and I always say, I don't say Miami, I say Dade County. Because mm-hmm. to me, it's 305 is bigger than Miami. 305 is the whole county. Right. Like, that's why I even push funny shit. Did you see the 305 Nikes? No. The, the friends and family that they gave away? No. So they gave them away last year. Uh, through unknown, like that was something that I spoke to Nike about. Mm. I told them, I was like, don't put Miami, mm-hmm. put 305 or put Day County. Mm-hmm. And if you see that capsule, there's mm-hmm. no Miami nowhere. It's all either Day County or 305. And yeah. I was like, because now kids from Liberty City, kids from Hialeah, kids from Kendall, kids from Homestead, they're like, okay, you're talking about us too, mm-hmm. not just Miami. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, I'm, when people say, oh, you're from Miami, I was like, no, I'm from Hialeah. Yeah. Even like when I would wear my shirt or my hat and say hi, Aaliyah, like, oh shit, you're from Miami? I'm like, no, I'm from Hialeah. Yeah. And they would laugh, you know what I mean? But it's like such a common factor. I would wear it in different countries and people are like, oh shit, I'd be in different states. I had a friend of mine at an airport, literally sits down and takes a selfie of himself and he's wearing my hat and the guy behind him on the other row in the terminal is wearing my hat. And the guy in the background is Cedric Gervais. Wow. The DJ. And they were both wearing the Hialeah hat. And I, don't, I forgot where they were. They were like in... Detroit or I don't know where the fuck they were. But funny enough, they were both wearing the hat, like out of state. That's dope to see like the real shit getting repped, you know? Like how do you feel about the new like the gentrification wise? I'm I'm under the assumption that I think, you know, like Guy Ocho is gonna or Lo Havana is gonna be the next Winwood. You know, I'm hoping that it I'm so, trying to look at it by a property right there, you know, close to the So my shit is that I'm all for like local businesses like you know, or local people buying businesses and thriving. I'm all mm-hmm. about that. You know, one of the main reasons I don't leave Miami is because I want to pioneer here. Maybe I don't get the benefit from it. Maybe some of the kids under me mm-hmm. get to thrive from it. You know, but my whole thing is I could have moved to New York or LA a long time ago and I would have been set. Yeah. I would have been straight, like, yeah. you know, financially. Um, but like my whole thing is this. It's like, for example, when like the big brands come in for Art Basel or for Super Bowl or, you know, Ultra or all the other things that they come down for, mm-hmm. they want to spend $2 million building a tent that's going to be up for four days. Put those $2 million towards a building that's already up and when you leave, do like what they did with Miami Vice. When you leave, mm-hmm. now you have this building that's brand new, renovated, mm-hmm. freshly painted, whatever. Mm-hmm. And let the community do something with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, that's my whole thing. And that was like a big talk that I had when I would talk with some of these brands. So a lot of people don't know. I have this company called Retro Dade. Mm-hmm. And through that company, I do like the parties and stuff like that. But I also consult on Miami-based things. So like if you're a big brand and you're coming to Miami and you really want to connect with the locals... They'll hire me to come and console. Like, this is how you talk to locals. This is how you deal with locals. This is what you should do for locals. Right. And, because and, what happens is, like, they set up shop for Basel. Mm-hmm. People from fucking Haiti are not going to the Samsung experience yeah. in Wynwood. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? It's, it's all the people that are coming from New York, LA, and everywhere else. You get what I'm saying? And yeah. a big thing, too, what I say, what I tell a lot of artists in Miami is like, like, oh, are you doing something for Basel? Yes, you want to do something for Basel because you obviously want people from out of town to see your stuff and go home and talk about it, go back to wherever they're from and talk about it. But then it's like, I told everybody, yo, you have 51 other weeks in the year where you could do something in Winwood mm-hmm. for the city, for locals. Yeah. 
like do it then yeah like do it for us mm. like fuck doing it for the people coming and i understand yeah. the value of doing it for the people coming out of town i yeah. get it and but what about the other 51 you know exactly and now they're even more i feel like they're even more thirsty because the demographics in this country it, it pop culture is becoming a little more latin mm -hmm. and we're the latin hub like i, I say this all the time we're like the la of 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 like the music industry if you want to make american english music la you got to be there that's where the whole industry is at but if the spanish vibe the latin vibe we're the la of, of the latin scene you know latin what I'm saying? pop culture exactly yeah. exactly and what's you know what's great and what sucks about that so funny shit if I wanted to do something like Vice has offices down here, I think HBO has offices down here. Um, a bunch of these networks have offices down here. Mm -hmm. I'll go to them to try to talk to them about doing something in Miami. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, no, you have to go to our New York office to talk to, to talk to us about because those offices are south of the border. So, like, dumb yeah. shit like that. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, all right, cool. I had a situation once, and I'm not going to say who it is, but this gentleman, big dog, Fortune 500 company, cool shit mm -hmm. was like yo i'm in miami like yo let's go party this and that cool like i'll come we'll kick it whatever i'm trying to talk to him he's like yo i want to talk to you about doing some shit you know in miami yada, yada. all right cool like i'll meet up with you mm -hmm. i tried talking to him while he was here dude straight up told me like yo i'm like i'm not my head is not there right now next week come to new york and we'll talk about it so you want me so come out of pocket, fly to New York to talk to you about shit you want to do in Miami, but you're in Miami right now and you don't want to talk to me about it now. Yeah, because your head is just because like you're trying cocaine to fall, and strippers. You're, trying to, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. trying to go do whatever you're trying to do, which I understand. But right. then don't tell me that or fly me up. Yeah. You wow, know what I mean? So bro. like that's the mindset here. A lot of people come here to party. And what happens with a lot of athletes that come to Miami and they're not from here, they get caught up in the bullshit. And what happens? They get traded out. But that's what I'm with with this DJ shit. When I, all these out-of-towners are in town, Derek, I'm, I'm fucking taxing everybody, bro. I'm for if, Miami locals. Tax these out-of-towners, bro. Like, get them, get them for all their money. Like, you you, you want a song played? You want a shout-out? Bomb. It's going to cost you. Like, and, and, and people want songs played. And the first thing I say whenever I'm DJing, where are you from? Oh, I'm from the crib. All right, boom, I got you, whatever you need. But if you're from out of town, I'm taxing you because we get taken advantage of too much, bro. thousand percent. You know? And that's when, and that's the thing. It's like, it's bittersweet for me mm -hmm. because the out of towners treat me better than the locals, for, unfortunately. Really? Like I tell you, I'm telling you, Vorkat or Ross even mm, yeah, paid yeah, me yeah, any yeah. mind. You know, someone from New Orleans had to pay me some mind. Right. You know what I mean? So what do you want to see for the future of the city? Like, what do you see? Uh, given see. that we know we know that it's going to have an influx of out-of-towners are going to come in and and the nucleus of Miami is, is going to, like you said, is going to become more like Manhattan. Mm -hmm. So it's dope that you do events like in Hialeah, like 305 Day and, and things of that mm -hmm. nature. What, what do you want to see for the city, like for, for locals? So like our thing here is like, I feel like the city has an identity crisis to a certain extent because everybody wants to talk about where their parents are from versus like mm -hmm. what neighborhood you're from. Mm. You know, I mean, we want to talk about like yeah. what nationality you are. It's, you know, I'm all for you know, rep your, right. you know, rep your crib. The culture's at home. Right. You know, you can rep your culture all day long. But the problem is, is like everyone goes to their corner, versus like building your culture. Like, I call it Chico culture. Uh, bro, I was gonna say I, I saw the opposite of that, and it actually made me happy. For example, you you go, you I'm not gonna say the club, but it was in Winwood. They booked a Cuban artist, and you see. Dominicans rocking Cuban flags and vice versa. They book a, a Dominican artist and you see the Cubans rocking mm. the Dominican flags with their homegirls. So you do see like a, like a gumbo of, cause Miami is Cubans, Dominicans, Colombians, Venezuelans, Haitians all together. You know what mm. I'm saying? And yeah, like for know, example, with what I'm doing with lottery vintage. So I set out of the store in Coral Gables called back and forth. Mm -hmm. The kid who owns that store, his name is Brian. 
born and raised in the Gables. I think he's second generation, uh, you know, South Floridian, mm-hmm. Cuban, Panamanian, I believe his parents are. But, you know, he says, like, yo, the Gables has, like, he doesn't say no culture, mm-hmm. but, like, there's no cool shit there. You have the Biltmore, you have the right, Chippewa, right. yeah, you have the University of Miami. But, like, what about the kids that were born and raised there? Like, right. where is there, like, is it always the beach? Is it always Wynwood? Is it, like, right. he's trying to build that as, like, a hub. He wants to build that as, like, you know, for, like, a, like the shoe gallery of right. Coral Gables. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Where it's, like, it's a spot you go to. They'll tell you about all the cool restaurants. And, like, mind you, Gables is thriving. Gables got a bunch of local-owned restaurants. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Eating House over there that's, like, from guys from Miami. I went mm-hmm. to high school with one of them. Um, I think Caja Caliente is another one. There's a couple mm-hmm. business out there. Obviously, he's more educated on it. But it's like, I love the fact that he's like, yo, I'm not worried about South Miami. Obviously, he wants to take care of everybody, but his right. concern is like, yo, I want to pop off Coral Gables. Right. Like, he wants to own his hood the same way I wanted to own Hialeah. Right. Like, it's like, yo, I want people to come here. People like, when you say Hialeah, you think about me. Right. And I think I did a pretty good job with that. Like, right, I mean, right. You know, obviously, I had great opportunity to travel and be able to, like, rep my shit everywhere that I go. Mm-hmm. And obviously, being able to work with who I've worked with and always rep my shit everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, did me very well. But then it's like, I think people love the the authenticity of like what you said, where people rep the real shit. Mm-hmm. You know, Grumman put that hat on Tiesto. Grumman put that hat on Skrillex. He didn't have to. Yeah. But he did it because I got some real Miami shit. Right. You know what I mean? So I respect him a lot for that. And once again, he's from Naples. Right. But he's doing a lot of work done. He's doing a lot. Of, I, heard, right. I just heard that he's going to he's gonna bring back the Fountain Blue Wall. Wow. Oh, yeah. I saw that too. So That's... I'm curious to see what he's going to do with that. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? He's... Like. To me, that's dope. The fact that it's like he's playing with money and he's doing stuff out here and like that's what he wants to do. And it's even doper that he does things like stay away from Winwood because he knew like he, yeah. he he you know made it public that he didn't want to put money in Winwood, even though it's sad that you see you know I think they're building the Marriott in Winwood now and they're dumping money mm-hmm. into it and and but yeah yeah like so it's I, like they just opened a Foot Locker in Winwood, which is kind of yeah, like bittersweet. It's good because they put my shit in it, so I thought that was dope. <laughs> You know what I mean? But what I do love that there's no signage. The sign on the door is this big. It's a sticker. Got you. And okay. they painted the mural of the building. So, like, if you don't know that's a Foot Locker, okay. you walk it's by and like it's like a mural building. Yeah, it's, it's, not, not, it's not commercialized. You yeah, know what I mean? It's not like whitewashed. It's, yeah, it's very clean. You go in there, it feels like a store. Uh-huh. But on the outside, at least it looks like it belongs in the neighborhood. So, yeah. it's like, how how many more of those are they going to let in? You know, like, yeah. you know, once the Starbucks coming, once the McDonald's coming. Yeah, like, you know, not, And that's, bro. you know, supposedly they're not trying to allow things like that in. But it's like... Or they're going to shut down the nightlife. That's what I'm scared of, too. Like a curfew or something or like. Which is crazy because like funny enough, I just had my baby shower there in Wynwood and the owner of the property where we had it uh, was telling me that one of the new buildings on 24th, they were getting police complaints about noise orderance. If you're moving into Wynwood, you should know where you're moving into. No, they should have a lease. Like when you sign the lease, like, yo, you can't complain about noise your neighbor yes yeah but not the properties around it when it's you're surrounded by event spaces exactly so like to me that there has to be like either someone's getting paid on the back end to kind of like just not add that to the leases right or something because that when he told me that, I was like, that's fucking stupid like you guys were here before that that's what this neighborhood was that's like these corporate guys want to make it residential bro that's the thing these big companies own like most of the residential spots mm-hmm. and they want to that's what they want Winwood to be they don't want it to how do you feel about the um like this the climate of south beach right now that's kind of nuts like it's weird yeah like, you go by there and it's like it's like dessert i mean it's not the de- collins is popping but because yeah. that's where everybody's staying and right. the ocean drive has been closed for i don't know how many months now like you can't yeah. even drive through it but 
I remember when Washington was the shit. I remember when you would you would look for parking because you yeah. wanted to walk and you would go to Uncle Sam's. Remember Uncle Sam? I don't know how old you are. I'm 32. I'm, okay. I, I missed that era. So Uncle Sam's. I mean, it was still around for a little bit, but Uncle Sam's used to be the shit. And that's something that every Friday or Saturday I was at the beach, I'm stopping at mm-hmm. Uncle Sam's and I'm looking at records or I'm looking at posters. They used to sell all the old school uh, promotional giant like um, album covers. Mm-hmm. They were like styrofoam mm-hmm. that they would put like at specs and stuff like that. They used to sell them. So like you would go in the back and they'd have a stack and they would be all damaged because they would throw them. But you would find like, you know, uh, Buster Rhymes, ELE. Crazy. You know, album cover like four by four feet and you could buy it from them and you could listen to records before you buy them. And they had magazines there that you, could, you couldn't find nowhere else. Locals went to South Beach. Yeah, a thousand yeah, percent. Yeah, like, yeah, not anymore. You know, we, we would go party there. We'd get into fights there. Like, it was literally like, yo, what are you doing? We're going to go to the Grove and then we're going to go to the beach. Like, you would cruise around. Remember, as a car guy, like, yeah. you had your routes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it was like, you would look forward. Now, you go by there. And it's, especially now that, I mean, obviously, everything's starting to open back up. But I guess since we've been kind of loose with it. Yeah. Like, you drive down there and it's like, something always feels like something's about to go down. Like, it doesn't feel comfortable. And the building, yeah, and the buildings are getting so old now, too. Like, they need to re-renovate shit, you know? Well, I mean, I think that's what Grumman and Ferrell are doing with, like, yeah, the exactly, Good Time Hotel. Exactly. Like, they took over, like, and I remember when they started emptying that building out because I had a friend that had a spot there, and I was like, what are they doing? He's like, the owners are letting people run their leases out, and then they're not letting them renew it because they didn't want to push nobody out. But right. they were just like, hey, when it comes down to renew, we're not renewing because that's what that was the game plan. So yeah. they had been working on that for God knows how long. Damn. before it actually happened and then i don't know we're like yo there's a new hotel here and it belongs yeah. to these guys yeah. so like, they did a really good job about keeping that under but, wraps i mean you, you out-of-towners always came here on memorial day you know it's always right but what but, changed like what but the thing is it, it that used to be fun they used to bring the cars down you would see cars from jacksonville you see cars from atlanta like you would mm-hmm. see different cars so it became like a car thing for me mm-hmm. i can't speak on anybody else i wasn't really a club goer until i got into like the club and so it, until it became like a money thing for me mm-hmm. i wasn't really into the clubs like that you know, I was going to like Purdy and shit like that. Like, yeah, you know, that was like my spots. vibe. Yeah, like yeah. not worried about dress code. I'm just trying to have a good time. You yeah. know, like I don't drink, like I said, so I wasn't looking like pop mm. bottle or none of that shit. Yeah. You know, we used to go to, we used to come up here all the time when uh, Passion, Passion was a thing. I used to come shit. with a Tony Tone. Yeah. I used to DJ, used to go and kick it there. You know what I mean? But it was just different times back then. But um, people weren't caught up on their phones. Right. People were like, even back then, like, yeah, you had a smartphone, but. It, you didn't have Instagram, you had nowhere to upload it to. So people right. were just enjoying the night and you would just text people because obviously trying to take something home, but it right. wasn't like you were on your phone the entire night looking at like what other people are doing tonight right. while you're at the club. Right. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure yeah. out like what changed. Cause it was always, and then, but you did, you do have certain cities like spring break cities that did shut down. Right. I believe Panama city, Panama, Daytona. like there's like no options anymore. You can only really come to my, and I think that's probably one too. Everyone's looking for, like, look at these fucking idiots that jump in the, in the fish tank at the yeah, outdoor world. Clout, right? Like, everyone's Yeah, trying. and then I feel like that's what's happening here, because you drive down Collins, we went maybe, like, a month ago, me and my girl just took a cruise in the convertible, and it's like, everyone's hanging out of their sunroof, like, they don't know how to act, and they're just doing it for social media, like, they want to prove mm. to their friends, like, my life is better than I'm yours. I'm in Miami. Yeah, I'm we're in, outside, like, the whole, like, we yeah. outside thing, like, they're trying to make that shit cool. When it's like we've been outside, it's yeah. almost, like that's almost like the I new, hate, like you, uh, you vacation where I live. I bro, I used to, I used to, I accepted already, but I used to make fun of people who adapted that phrase because I know my, my friends in New York, like, shit, like that's some New York shit to say we outside because you're stuck inside half the year, so yeah. th- it's it's something to say when you're outside, you're bragging in New York. But over here, people started saying we outside, bro. We're always outside in Miami, yeah. bro. Like it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, you're heavy in the, the the retro stuff, the throwback stuff. So what got you into that? Like I've been collecting for a few years, man, and like it's one of those things where 
you know, certain pieces bring people back. Like the best thing is when someone walks into the store and they're like, oh my God, you just took me back to my childhood. Yeah. And people want to buy a little piece of that yeah. and they want to take that back home. And like, so funny thing is like, you got to think about it. A kid that's 21 years old today was mm-hmm. born in the year 2000. Mm-hmm. So a t-shirt from 2002 was from when they were two years old. Mm. So like, think about that. Like to yeah. us, it's like, oh, that's just like, that was right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to a 20 year old kid, like, yo, that's when I was a baby. Oh yeah. shit. Like I couldn't yeah. wear it back then. Like a, like a 2006 championship Nike t-shirt. Yeah. For a kid born in 2000, they were six years old. They were five years old. Damn. And they didn't have baby versions of it. But now as a 20 year old, that adult large fits you now. Wow. So they want to wear it because they remember, they remember going to 103rd and hitting the pots and pans. They remember going to, you know, 40th, you know, uh, Bird Road and 87th and, you know, celebrating the 97 World Series. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like that little nostalgia is like those happy moments. We're like, like, my dad got a, a, we got a, a chair from the Orange Bowl. When they were, you know I got, I got, uh, I got the bottom. I don't have a back, but I have a bottom to to uh, one of the bleachers as well. That's and that's like little shit where it's like, you know, there's value in nostalgia, right? You know what I mean? It goes back to tangible. Like, yo, the the fact that the orange bowl's gone and it's never gonna come back. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. For some people, they care. You know, diehard UM fans, like obviously that was like, because even now, I you know I I was at the campus not too long ago. And students aren't going all the way to more locals go tailgate and go yeah. party on thing because it's more of a Miami thing or mm-hmm. more of a Day County thing than it is for the actual students because for them to like ride from Cold Miami Gables Gardens yeah. all the way to Miami Gardens for a game it's not man eh. yeah. you know what I mean you hear that a lot like a lot of like, I don't go to the games yeah like, they go to the basketball games because on campus right. but the football games are too far when it was Orange Bowl it was right down the street yeah you no know, in a sense so it's like bringing those memories back and like you know i'm 37 and i'll talk to a kid that's like 27 mm-hmm. and it's just like oh i remember when i used to go you know to you know to the games with my dad and mm-hmm. yada yada and this and that and it's like i remember when joe robbie was joe robbie i remember mm-hmm. when the orange Bowl. i remember the miami arena i remember yeah. going to see the power rangers live at the miami arena <laughs> i remember going to ringling brothers bro. at the miami arena i remember going to a funk master flex car show at the miami arena that's insane and then going to one at the orange bowl wow so it's like yeah, that thing that was the first game I ever went to was in Miami Arena. You know what I mean? Like it's like, and then that font, that Miami font on the arena that everybody amazing. adopted. Yeah. You know, that's the font I use for my logo for the podcast. Yeah. So like that, you know, and that's just a part of you know, to us, like, well, to me, I can't say to us. To me, I don't want to say it's the real Miami mm-hmm. because obviously, like, I was, you know, I was as much a part of that as like, you know, as a spectator now mm-hmm. to like kind of like being involved and like trying to do more and like. Mm-hmm. You know, when they do, like, the Nostalgia Week where, like, the Marlins play as the Florida Marlins, not the Miami Marlins. They wear mm-hmm. the original, like, green or mm-hmm. white with the pinstripe. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the Heat go back to, like, the Floridian jerseys. Mm-hmm. You know, before the, the Heat, they were the Floridians. Right. You know, and they go back and they wear those. They haven't done it in a few years, but I think the last time they did it is when LeBron was still on the team. But, uh, you know, all those nostalgia, like, those are big weekends. Those are you know, it's the golden era, bro. It was before social media diluted culture. So like these kids are not caring what's happening in Miami. They're caring what's happening on social media. And what's crazy so. is like, I even tell people now, like if you go to certain hoods, you can kind of see like the OGs dress, like what the neighborhood dresses like, but like mm-hmm. their nephew or their younger, younger, younger brother mm-hmm. dresses like Supreme, Fanny Pack. Yeah, like yeah. they all look the same. Doesn't matter where you go. 
it's whatever's popping on the gram. Like you don't go like how back then you used to go to New York and you would go to the boroughs and people in Brooklyn dress a certain way. People in the Bronx dress a certain Regionalism way. Regionalism is gone. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, still here, once again, like if you go to certain places, certain OGs, you go to parts of Wynwood where like the guys that are heavy born and raised in Wynwood, they still look like Wynwood dudes and they yeah. still are Wynwood dudes. You yeah. know what I mean? They're yeah. not caught up in that bullshit. They appreciate it because obviously they all have kids now and they, it's a safer place for their kids to grow up. So they embrace it. Mm-hmm. But like even talking to one of the OGs there the other day, and we we're talking about the Foot Locker, funny enough, he was like, yo, man, they told us that it was supposed to be 50% window, 50% wall. So the art goes up. Like the neighborhood's allowing the art to go up mm-hmm. or these businesses to thrive, but they have to, they have, it's all because of the art. Mm. Because obviously a lot of kids from those neighborhoods became artists and they get opportunity right. and stuff like that. But, you know, you go to certain neighborhoods, you go to Liberty City, and you know Liberty City is still Liberty City. Yeah. They're not caught up with the Windwood. They're not caught up yeah, with the South yeah. Beach. Like they still are who they are. You go to Hialeah. Hialeah is its own economy. Yeah, Hialeah is its own thing. Hialeah is like the third biggest city in Florida, I think. Fourth, third, third, fourth, or I fifth. think population wise, I don't know about size, but I think population. Oh no, yeah, population wise. Yeah. Population, yeah. I think we're the third or fourth. Yeah, you know that's what I like. I like to see more. You know, like when I DJ, it's important to me, like when running around with lads when i was younger it's important to me like to cover all areas so i like to i hope more nightlife spots pop like i love city place in doral mm-hmm. i love that local vibe i love things popping off in kendall again like so i hope more no- nightlife things and venues open up just scattered around the county you know that way everyone's not just so centralized in winwood and south beach in that little area yeah. you know i but, mean like you remember at Tarasana? bro you know i, I was a jit but i went there one time I I, shit. that bro sh- yeah, I mean, on yeah. thirty six, you still go, you still go down. Uh, I DJ there. I DJ at Boulevard for two years, bro. I seen the well, most. Boulevard's room. gone. Yeah, uh, yes. the building's gone. No, the building's there, but like yeah, Boulevard, yeah. the brand's gone. Yeah, but yeah, Tipico's yeah. still there. La Cenizas is like a new one that's popping. I hear a lot of like you know that's yeah. like, and it's true to their neighborhood. It's true to the culture. Like you go in and it's like you're in, you're in DR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So like I think that's dope. You know what I mean? Little Havana is still cool because it has that flavor. But the thing is, you go there on a Wednesday and it's like you see tour buses and you see tourists taking pictures and like people giving tours in different languages, which is great. But it's like, are you like, like I tell a lot of people like, yo, this is not Cuba, this is Miami. Yeah. You know, my father's Cuban. There's Cuban in me and all that. But like people get caught up like, yo, this is not Cuba, this is Miami. This is Uh, Dade County. As far as what though? Like some people are like, for example, we did like on one of the 305 days. You know, they wanted to push, you know, the Cuban cars. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's 305 day. Mm-hmm. Push donks. Mm-hmm. That's Miami culture. Yeah, exactly. The Cuban cars, yes, they're a part of our culture. They're a part of Miami. Right. But that's a Cuba thing. Right. My whole thing is that, yo, today we celebrate all colors that are within our county lands. All right. cultures within our county lands. The Miami gumbo is what we're celebrating. Yeah. We're not celebrating any individualism. Yeah, right? we're not celebrating Latins in Dade County. We're not celebrating blacks in Dade County. We're, right. celebrating, we're celebrating Dade County as a whole. Right. You know what I mean? And Dade County, like if you go and you celebrate LA, what yeah. kind of cars are you celebrating? You're celebrating lowriders. Right. If you're talking about street and you're talking about street culture, right. that's where the lowrider was born. Because they, and it's oh, it's such a, a pro and a con, bro, because places like LA, they only have one strong culture. For us, we have so many different cultures that make that, up one. That's not true. LA, no. I got, I've got to go to LA a lot. And before my career, before I got into the entertainment and all that stuff, I was out there for car stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of different L.A. culture. There's mm-hmm. a lot of culture that, you know, it's obviously publicized like in music and stuff like that and whatnot. But you go there and, yo, L.A.'s a bunch of, they have their common culture. And then you go to K-Town, K-Town's K-Town. You go to East L.A., East L.A., East L.A. 
You know what I mean? You go yeah, to Compton, right. Compton's Compton. I'm looking at it through the lenses of a DJ in music. Mm-hmm. So like when I went there to DJ, you're only playing one thing. Over okay, here, yes. you get to hit the dembo, you hit the cubaton, you hit the reggae for the Haitians yeah, yeah. and the Jamaicans, you hit the, the house music for like we have a musical gumbo here. Mm-hmm. And, and that was one thing, you know, me and Walshy Fire were, were talking about on the podcast was how unique Miami is musically here and how you could be, whether you're a white girl in Weston and Broward or whether you're from Homestead or Little Haiti or uh, Little Haiti or Cuban in Little Havana, like you grew up listening to all different types of music. And I do credit Power 96 for giving us that palette Definitely. of that gumbo, you know what I'm saying? But but we, we you know came to the conclusion that it's something only in Miami musically. Maybe it's different in other cities, but you have all these different places like New York and LA, they have a global mix of people, but everyone's not adding musically into their culture. Like over mm-hmm. here, you had, you know, Cubans add a little bit to their, add their culture into the music. So Miami musically was always like a big gumbo of a bunch of different things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when I went to LA, you can only play one thing. You're only playing hip hop from a certain speed and it's like a certain thing. But in Miami, you get to play everything, bro. It's amazing. Like as a DJ. Even you more, know? you think even more so in New York? Yeah, because if you're in New York, you can't, I mean, uptown, you could play the Dominican shit. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, like, but you, you you could oh in Brooklyn they have the island crowd you could play you know they you can get off the island stuff but as far as that there's Russians in New York but the Russians aren't adding to the music you're not hearing Russian, Russian and the, you you know Italians there's no, you're not hearing you know I understand so, what you mean by that yeah, yeah 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 so over here it's amazing because people are willing to accept everything over here yeah. in New York and L A you, you people just want to hear their own little narrow yeah. vision thing and well the thing is what helps us too is the Caribbean the Caribbean is a mix and then obviously we're right. we're an extension we are in the Caribbean but like you know, as uh, people migrate over, you're talking about Dominican, Haitian, Puerto Rican, Cuban. Like right. you have all these little different flavors from the right. Caribbean where they all relate because they all are Caribbean right. here. And then they all have all their, they're like salsa. There's Cuban salsa. There's exactly. Colombian salsa. There's all these different, like it's the same style of music, but different ways. Exactly. And then it's celebrated through like, you know, you have Celia Cruz and you have Joe Arroyo. They're playing the same kind of music, yeah. but one's from Cuba, one's from Colombia. Exactly. But they vibe, and it's like, okay, that's like the common factor between like the Cubans and the Colombians because they can both vibe to like, you know, they exactly. respect the fact that like, all right, but you know what I mean? Like, you're doing what you're doing, and it fucking works great. But it's but, under one common thing, you know? Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, it, it musically, I agree a thousand percent with you with what you're saying, you know what I mean? And even coming to like, you know, talking to certain people and like, they're like, oh, who would you listen to in Miami? And like, yo, you're listening to like Luke Trick, you know, Big Boy, The Puppies, yeah. you know, fucking uh, ghetto style DJs, mm-hmm. you know, all the packing around you. Back then, you would listen to 96.1, 97.7, and it's like you were driving around, literally turning your knob, making sure like you would get it. Like in certain neighborhoods, you would yeah. hear it better than others, you know what I mean? And it's like you wanted to hear the mixes, and it's almost like I'm like the old guy who wants to listen to old '90s Miami shit, and it's like yeah, because like that's the shit I grew up on. Yeah, you know the times that I do go to Super Wheels, excuse me, on a Monday, you know I want to listen to um, I want to listen to um, freestyle. I want to hear right. you know I want to hear that bass music because the thing is, with a lot of shit is, if you want to hear freestyle loud right now, where can you go listen to it? Only a skating ring. Yeah. You can't go to a club and listen to like freestyle loud, like the, to feel the, unless you're at home blasting it on the radio. But actually, that's like, crazy you said because I, at Otto Tiesto, I, I did a, like a 30 minute freestyle set and it was crazy. And then yeah. people like it. So I was trying to do something that I think it was just a night in the venue that didn't work out for me. But mm-hmm. like people want to hear freestyle. Right. But like, where can you go? And is there a big enough crowd where it works financially for a venue? Right, right. You know, because 
I feel like if you were to do a contract at a skating ring, just so you hear that type of music, maybe not everybody wants to skate, but if you set up like a club vibe in there. Yeah. Drinks, open a bar, you're good. You know what I mean? You, uh, shit might work. Yeah. Because that's, a, that's what I tell people. Like, if you, listen, if you really want to listen to, like, let's say if I want to listen to old Pack Jam shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can go to the hood and they yeah. have like a speaker walk and they still do that. And I love that. Yeah. You can go through. You can, they're uh, still doing Pack Jams? I don't know if they're branded as Pack Jams, but you can go every night. I mean, I don't know now because of COVID, but mm-hmm. I used to work out of Liberty City a lot and you would hear them on a Saturday or Sunday, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Two miles away at one of the, you know, they're posted up at one. You hear the dirt bikes, and you know, they're posted up at one of the parks doing yeah. what they do. And it's like, you know, where else? Like, if I wanted to go to a club and listen to fucking, you know, that music, where do you go? Yeah. You know, every now and then, like Zog, funny enough, you mentioned him, Zog will do his mixes on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll be on Thursdays, I usually run missions in the morning. And I got them on just because I want to hear those mixes. Yeah, like, take I want to hear, yeah, I want to hear those. 305 Thursdays, throwback Thursdays, you know, and he plays, you know, 15 to 30 minutes of just straight fucking yeah. booty music, yeah. Miami bass music. And it's just like, you know, I miss listening to the lads on the radio. I miss listening like all, but that music, you know, where it's the bass and the. Yeah. You hold up. Someone, last time someone did that and it like shook this cable and we were like this for like the rest of the podcast. So oh, I say, dude, no, you good, bro. But, you know, like. Damn, I actually had a, a thought where I think we're, me and Zog were talking about if that could come back, like Miami base. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it would never broke out of Miami, like in that era. Mm-hmm. But I think it could break out in this era if we had, if I, if I could find some young kid that has a look that will just listen to me, like rap on this beat. Look, this is Uncle Luke. Don't be like him. Channel this type of energy, but shoot the visual and have some young kids like in a pool with on jet skis. And, mm. and, and, and I think kids in New York, it would reach them this time in this era. I don't think it was reaching them in the other eras. So I think if kids in New York are like, oh, those girls are, uh, there were girls on jet skis, like, oh shit, I want to do a song like this. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I think we have the ability through social media to make it cool this time around. If we were able to, nationally, if we were able to find, you know, some kids with an open mind down mm-hmm. to explore it, you know, which. I think the problem with that is, is that it's not, everything's about money now. Yeah. All these kids, are they like, I shot um, LPB Pootie. I found, I, I learned about him when I got hired to shoot him. Mm-hmm. And it was just money. Like, all his pictures, he wanted to flash money. Right. He was like 20 years old. He was into the art of it. it. It's, well, that's their art. The way they right, look at right. it, like, that's what they know. That's their art. You know what I mean? It's not, like, I call it, so, like, the way I look at it before. Like luxury, you're saying. They're into the. Yeah, it's about money, brands, like. Brand. But we could do some Miami luxury. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's like, so the way I look at it, it's, you know, I call it the bling bling era. Mm-hmm. So before the bling bling era, which is obviously when bling bling came out mm-hmm. and cash money and that whole thing, before that, like they were even pushing PT cruisers. Mm-hmm. You know, damn, I remember that. Master P had '96 SS Impalas. They had Chevys. They had done. It was about street culture. Mm-hmm. It's about having Chevys and you know rims and candy paint and lowriders mm-hmm. and all this other shit. And then once the bling bling era came out, where it's like these guys are like. Stickers on the windows, brand new Cadillacs, brand new cars, brand new Lexus. Shopping at Louis Vuitton. Now we want to wear designer. Yeah. So and like that's when, to me, that's when all that should change. Where it's like, oh, it's about how much money you got. It's not about real you are or how mm. street you are. It's about or how, how much you fun are. you're having. Because even New York guys, even like the Jays and the Nas, they talked about moving weight, but it was never about like, yo, I got more money than you. It was right. just about being street, keeping it real, hustling, right. doing what you got to do. Right. Once that bling bling era came in, it's all about, yo, how much money you got. Yeah. 
So to me, that kind of switched up everything. So even like the having fun, like now twerking came in and Atlanta came in heavy and Atlanta mm-hmm. was doing fun music mm-hmm. and like the little John and the young blood and all right, these guys right. were kind of like back in hype. Right. And then it kind of turned again. And now Migos and all these kids on, on that side, it's about money again. Right. You know I think I mean? like I love like when you see like Zoe, like like show like, like the, the the country, like jet ski culture. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And everyone's like, damn, I want to go to Miami and get on a jet ski. You mm-hmm. know, I think we could do that musically if we match the visual to what they you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, well, um, Denzel did that song, Ricky. And, like, he went super hard on the Miami shit. Like, even on the visuals, he's laying on a dong. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's obviously really young. You right. Know? Not that he doesn't know that culture, because obviously where he's from, that's around him. But the fact that he brought that back into, you know, into a picture. And then, uh, you know, Twelvelin? Twelvelin mm-hmm. as well. He's from Carroll mm-hmm. City. Mm-hmm. What he talks about and even, like, the car stuff and all that. It's like, these are kids from the hood. Mm-hmm. Real Miami neighborhoods mm-hmm. that are, like, talking about shit that is like, okay, cool. You're reminiscent of, like, Trick Daddy and what, like, Trick mm-hmm. talked yeah. about and shit like that. It's just I don't think it resonates with the rest of the country, so it doesn't hit. YG's LA as they come, you know, he'll do certain songs, but he's not really talking about lowriders. Mm-hmm. He's talking about money because mm-hmm. everybody, yeah, everybody knows money. Everybody wants money. I just want to see tempo. I want to see fast. Someone get on something fast like Miami bass. I want to see one of these kids not be on some slow, sleepy vibe and get on some fast music and 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 just take that music and match it. Like do a visual that matches the music. Party, women, vibe. Like I think if Cardi teamed up with like a Trina and they did like a Miami style booty bass record and bring like a. Um, I mean, they did it like you have like WAP that's like a sample of there's some hoes in this house, you know, it's like a double time down version, but it's like, I feel like you need a young, I would like to see a young kid do it and start the trend. Yeah. Cardi can, I don't think Cardi or, or Trina can start a trend. You need some young kid that, that, that is attractive that the girls look at and be like, damn then, but, but he's with guys and he's on a boat and, and it shows that Miami lifestyle. And I think dudes in New York and LA will be like, damn, this is a, a life that I want to live. Let me make a song like this to match the, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I mean, it's wishful thinking, it's th- bro. Yeah, bro. It's wishful thinking. I have so <laughs> much wishful that. thinking with this shit, bro. But how was Triller Fest? Triller was cool, man. It was, excuse me. It was dope to see Wayne back on stage. He had, that was his first performance since right. COVID. So, you know, I was happy to go and shoot with them, mm-hmm. you know, for them. You know, to get out there and just kind of like, and even just like the feedback, like once they posted the video, like everyone tagging me and like, Mm -hmm. oh, so dope to see, you know, us again working together. You know, everybody's like, oh, you know, what's up with the vlogs? Like, let's get Mm -hmm. some vlogs again. You know, I'm not really sure who uh, Wayne's working with on the video side of stuff. Mm -hmm. I know they document a lot and they hold on to a lot of stuff. So I'm not sure what they're doing with that. But even on my end, I was always, I would always be brought in for stuff that's going to be, you know, put out to the masses. So like I was happy to get involved with them to do that and you know and just Six Nine was on there. I'm surprised. I got to he, see Six Nine perform. He made it out alive. Uh, yeah, it's interesting, man. Like how the crowd reacts to him. He's got a fan base. Like that's they, they that's, were reacting positively. Yeah, and wow. what's crazy is like I understand kids. Kids don't get it. Kids don't you know. Yeah. But like I saw a lot, I saw a lot of older people mm-hmm. into it, which I thought was interesting, especially like hmm. you know what he represents and you know you know how the how the streets see him or how you're supposed to act in hip hop right. and rap or whatever you want I don't to think call those it. rules exist anymore you know it goes back to entertainment it's just more yeah. like you're watching a show so obviously you know props to him for getting it then i one thing once again whether he's playing a character he's not playing a character whatever that is that he's doing you know he did say something that kind of like hit me and i was like oh shit he goes he said i might be an asshole on the internet but i appreciate you guys 
Mm-hmm. So that to mm-hmm. me comes like, damn, he's got a little heart there for yeah. him to like even like acknowledge that. I was like, okay, cool. Right, and like, he's calculated with it. Yeah, right? like, yeah. like he said it right before he got off stage. Like, Yo, I know I might act like an asshole on the internet. I think that was the right word. But I do appreciate you guys, and I ain't nothing without you guys. So I was like, okay, there's some humility there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he is a good guy, and he's just doing this shit. Yeah. You know, like, basically the rest of them are doing it for clout, to stay relevant, to stay in people's, you know, mouths and whatnot. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know him. This is the first time I've ever shot him. Or, and mind you, I shot him, like, from the crowd. I was yeah, waiting yeah. on Wayne to show up. I was there to shoot Wayne and them. And, uh, you know, but, yo, the crowd, the crowd's reacting. Yeah. You know, crowd's vibing. They know the songs. And you know what I mean? And it was a actual, it's good to see, like, I mean, were people, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping, I'm waiting for the festivals to come back, man, like mm-hmm. Ultra and shit like that, like Rolling Loud, I can't wait, like, this COVID shit, like, was like a mind fuck, I'm sure bro, Coachella's like probably gonna come out so crazy when Coachella, I mean, next year, I guess, because wow. it already passed, right? They're for sure doing it next year, right? Or I at least so, I mean, right? I think, mm-hmm. the way things are looking, I think they are, but I mean, Coachella's probably gonna be fucking insane next year. Yeah. Damn. You know, ultra, all that stuff's probably gonna be crazy. Insane, because just because nightlife in general right now is insane. Yeah, like you know, like bro, this is. I'll be honest with you, this month right here is my biggest month of my career in nightlife. I'm doing six parties a week. I'm doing 26 dates this month. No shit. Yeah, Congrats. Look, I'm, I'm, thank you, bro. But but I feel like the energy. Like I feel like the energy. Like well, people want to go out. People yeah, and, and people are like, we noticed. We noticed like, um, you know, like the spike and like. People really do want to go out. People mm-hmm. really, you know, they want to spend money. They want to interact, you know. But not only that, people from other states want to go out. And they oh, yeah. got to come over here and say, welcome to the promised land. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> welcome so, to I mean, freedom. But then, then you get those people that don't know how to act. And they're the ones that fuck everything Who've up. been stuck inside for, you know what I mean, who don't know hunts. A lot of people, like, all that crazy shit on the beach, it ain't nobody from here. Yeah. What, what, are, what are your main projects right now? Like, what does a, a regular day look like for Derek G.? Bro, a lot of creative, a lot of back-end stuff. Um, I just shot a video for Oscar G, which was pretty dope. What? Yeah, so him and his team reached out. Uh, we met a few years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, he reps the gear a lot. You know, he reps the crib heavy. You know, yeah, he's yeah. a super Miami dude. Um, and him and his team reached out, and that they wanted to do something. We talked about stuff. I had done some stuff, like uh, digital stuff for him in the back-end, but never shot anything for him. And mm-hmm. they reached out and sent me a song. I fucked with the song. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did a cool little project, man. And actually, we're editing it today, earlier. And uh, it should come out sooner than later, man. And I'm hyped for that. Um, I just worked with a restaurant called Bubusan. And it's, uh, I don't want to say it's a ghost kitchen, mm-hmm. but it's like a digital restaurant. And what I mean by that, it's like it exists within a kitchen of another major restaurant. Mm-hmm. But there's no dine-in. You can either pick up or have it delivered. But... The packaging is so cool. It's all Instagrammable. Uh, it even has um, some augmented reality, I believe, where it's like you put your phone over the box and it kind of like, so it's pretty cool. So they're boo song. They're based out of the beach. And so, that's like, no, that's a dope business because there's no expenses really. So it's <laughs> like, to an extent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and like, it's all, like I said, it's all Instagrammable things are obviously huge. Everybody wants to document what they're eating, what they're drinking. So their packaging is really dope. Um, I got hired by this team uh, called Deep Sleep. And they're a local brand down here. And uh, they do, they're an agency. So mm-hmm. they work with a lot of local companies and stuff like that. So I did some cool stuff with them for that brand. Uh, the video hasn't dropped yet, but the photos keep dropping. So if you look them up, uh, Bubusan, they you know, just did that. And that was a dope project. Um, 
How do you feel I, about all like the techs, like like the mayor trying to get all the tech people over here from? I mean, as long once again, I'm down for all of it as long as it creates opportunities for locals. Like yeah. I want to like make sure that even 50% of the occupation that it creates, it has to be people born and you know, yeah. I say born, but at least raised. Like they're they're local right. citizens that have been here for over 10 years. Right. And, they went to high school here, and like they went to college here. And it's like the, the the biggest benefit locals get from like out of town is like the strippers, man. The strippers are cake are making money, bro, but <laughs> everyone else is suffering. No, it's it's, it's fucking you know. I'm I'm down for all of it. Like I said, I just want to make sure that the opportunity is given to the right people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's almost like like if you go over to the Middle East, obviously overseas. Mm-hmm. You know they want to make sure that, and I'm that. I don't know how technical it is, mm-hmm. but it's like if you want to own a business, like let's say in Dubai, mm-hmm. and you're an American company, mm-hmm. you have to have a local sponsor. And what I mean by that is your partner has to be from the UAE. Mm. I feel like obviously things are different here, but to me right. that would be dope. Like That's if ideal. You're gonna, yeah. If you're going to partner, if you're going to build something here, you must partner up with a local owner, a local company, something that's, you know, grassroots from Miami. So that way it takes care of the neighborhood, it takes care of the city, and the money stays within the city. Exactly. So, like, I think that's a big part. Like I said, going back to what I said earlier, all these companies that come down and build tents for millions of dollars to be up for a weekend or for a month or whatever, like, put that towards a building, a stand, a freestanding building or a exactly. complex or something. But when you walk away and let it be a community center, let it be, you know, a low-income rent for local businesses where it's not, you know, it's not an arm and a leg to be in Wynwood, mm-hmm. and you have, like, a local market and stuff like that, you know I mean? It's expensive if you want to sell in Wynwood if you're a local, you know? It's yeah. damn near unaffordable. You know, I know guys that, mm. you know, I used to be in Wynwood. I was in Wynwood from 2009 to 2013 on 24th, and I had to move out. My rent was 2600 back then. What? My landlord told me when our lease was up, he's like, hey, if you guys want to stay, we'll only double it, but if you guys leave, we're putting it up for seven grand. It stayed empty. They ended up selling it to somebody for 1.2, I heard. Mm-hmm. And then that dude held it down. for held it down. He didn't do nothing with it because he lived out of the country. And he sold it three months later for 1.5, I think it was. That's insane, bro. So he made an extra 300 grand mm-hmm. just for yeah. keeping it for three months. Damn. So, so it's like, and then that person, I don't know what they do. And obviously, I lost track of you know the property that I had or whatever. But What areas do you like? What, what areas of... of- the city do you like right now as far as like if you're going to invest in something some property is going to pop off yeah i just hope it's like you know and i've seen a couple local guys like obviously move in there and do stuff the guys from daily and yesterday like they're popping over there and they're doing shout out to skrilla and and i think the owner of um of wood tavern you know now that he closed his Mm -hmm. next he's trying to do the new wood tavern Mm -hmm. in in alapata too so he's got a spot you know you know doing that stuff and kind of just building opportunity alapata i think is dope um, obviously, Darrell's doing what they're doing. I would love to see more in Hialeah. I would love to see more yeah. local guys in Hialeah building open. I think I just think it's more blue collar in Hialeah than it is yeah, like entertainment. Some, yeah, we need some money. Or you know, and there's money. The, the, it's yeah. not like a money. I just think Hialeah is more of a blue collar than it is entertainment district and stuff like that. Got you. Aren't they you building know? that mall on 75? Like right there south? Like yeah, that, but that's that, that's that's far. From, and that's not far from Hialeah. Yeah. That's just not Hialeah. That's right. Well, it's the know, closest so, thing that would be in that west. Like well, north, Westland, it, Westland Mall's redoing the mall, so they're about to add like kind of like a little okay. outdoor space, kind of like how Aventura has that little outdoor oasis area yeah, with the yeah. slide. They're building something similar to that in Westland with the movie theater and everything, oh, to sure. my understanding. Um, Golden Corral just opened Hialeah. Chick-fil-A just opened Hialeah. Outback's opening in Hialeah. 
So it's like they're starting to build all that, but that's yeah. all restaurant and that's that's big brand. Right. But I want to see more local spots. Like I would love to see some local spots pop up inside of Hylia Park. You know, they got yeah, the casino yeah. in there. Yeah. You know, they got some properties on the land that are vacant. Maybe you know a local nightclub or a local mm. lounge or something like that. I think that'd be cool. You know, in the Hylia Arts District, they have a couple spots. But I just think it's like building that awareness. I want to see more people from Hylia building in Hylia for Hylia. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. You know? And same thing. I want to see the same shit in Kendall. I want to see the same shit in Doral. I want to see the same right, shit. Right, right. You know, the Maimo district is dope. I love the fact that they're restoring all those hotels on Biscayne, you know, south mm -hmm. of 79th. And they're doing what they're doing on that side because it's like yeah. they're restoring old Miami. And it's almost like what they did on South Beach. They're doing it inland with all these mm -hmm. hotels and turning them into boutiques and apartments and you know, I would love to see Okeechobee and get all these like all the fuck hotels. Yeah, because they're trying to run something now where they can't do hourly rates. Because oh. obviously that leads to prostitution and all that other shit yeah. that goes on on that street. And like, imagine taking those and restoring them to their glory and making them like real motels. Like, you know, Okeechobee is US twenty seven. That shit goes all the way North Florida. Yeah, it's yeah, like our bro. Route sixty six. Yeah, like imagine like you know turning those into like obviously rent budgets and all that are different and yeah. rent is going to be different. But imagine turning that into like a retail space. Yeah. Or it's like you have local businesses in there instead of just like the you know the hourly fuck hotels and the crack yeah. spots and shit like that. You know. I, I did. Mean? I did like Miami Springs though, bro. That area Springs is is, dope. is is a nice little pocket. You know. Springs that, is so dope because it's literally in the middle of everything, but it's a little oasis. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not too hood. It's not too corporate. It's like a perfect. No, little, it's, it's like a suburb in the middle of, of everything. The, the the hood is surrounding you, but it's like a yeah. suburb, just like in the middle of. So like, if you want to, let's say, if you live in there and you wanted to grab a little bit of. You know, you want to grab some Cuban stuff, you go to Hialeah. If you want to go yeah. to the airport right there. If you want to go to Doral, you mm. go west. If you want to go to Alapata, Windward, or, you know, the beach, you go east. Like, it's literally in the middle. It's and you could just hop on 27, Okeechobee. Yeah, yeah you have Okeechobee. You have the 112. You have Lejeune. You have Palmetto. You literally have everything. Yeah. Like, that little spot is dope. Like, yeah. is, that's it a, is it expensive over there? Or is it? Is it to my understanding, like, the properties are, they're up there, you know, from, from what I hear, it's like the people that leave regret it because getting back in is so expensive. It's like if you're oh. in there, you're in there. It's almost like yeah. generation shit. Like, you want to pass it on. You never want to sell there. Damn. But it's a little gem. You yeah. Know I mean? It's definitely a little gem. You go over that bridge and less noise, less traffic, less everything. Yeah. It's just, you know, if you want to get crazy, you can go to Hialeah. If you want to come yeah. down, you go to Springs. Yeah. Like, it's funny. It's a little getaway. They got restaurants there that you really don't. A lot of mom and pop shops, which is cool. Mm -hmm. They've kept the mom and pop. You know, they obviously have like the big chain stuff in there as well. But a lot of mom and pop spots, which I think is cool. You know what I mean? So, And I think that's mm -hmm. important. Yeah. Because a lot of the locals, uh, you know. That's all local shit. Like, locals need to keep that stuff alive. That's yeah. not the government's problem. That's, you know, if locals uh, support those businesses, mm -hmm. and they pay their rent, everything's cool, man. Exactly. Nothing's wrong. There it so is. So, it's just more It's just more about, you know, and obviously, big chain is easy. You know, Walmarts are easy. Like, yeah. they have everything you need in one spot. And But, you know, it, it's tough to train. And, I mean, I can't sit here and, you know, I'd be a hypocrite to say I don't go to Walmart. I don't go to Target. Yeah. Like, you know, society makes, you know, it makes it a lot easier for society right. to operate and do what you do. But, you know, it's one of those things where, like, if and when I can support local, I do. For sure. You know what I mean? And I think if everybody does a little part, you know what I mean? It, it's, it works. Like, it definitely works because I, you obviously talk to business owners. Look at all the food stuff, like, especially food places. Mm -hmm. Like, yo, if you order from them, like, even pizza spots. If you order from, like, a chain pizza spot versus, like, a regular pizza spot. the, reg the Not the regular, but the mom and pop pizza spot. Mm -hmm. the, mom, the mom and pop pizza spot's always going to be better. 100%. And the prices are, if not the same, it's cheaper. 100%. Or maybe a little bro. bit more, but you're getting, you know, more yeah. bang for your buck. You know what I mean? So, yeah. it's, like, it's one of those things about 
can they keep up with the demand? Yeah. You know, it's tough. It's not being a bit, like I said, I've been self-employed for about 17 years now and just, you know, trying to, luckily my overhead has never been like my issue. Yeah. It's just more so like who's hiring me, who's calling me, who's doing what, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that's, that's my, my blessing and my curse. It's right. never been overhead. There's guys that I've seen that, you know, with the overhead, it's, you know, and they make it happen. Yeah. You know, you like they, employees, I've never yeah. really had, I've never had employees. I've had interns. I've had guys that are work for hire that, you know, mm -hmm. we're working weekly. So it's, you see them around a lot, but they're not my employees. They're, right. they're their own, you know, so I've been basically having, just having to take care of myself, make sure I'm good in that sense. And, you know, I've been able to like coast mm -hmm. for the last 17 years, but you know, now my first kid on the way, yeah. you know, and life's oh, about to change. Now yeah. it's a different game. Now it's like, okay, now it's not just. How, you know how, how do you how do you change? Like how what what are, what are some things? How are you gonna pivot now that you know you you first? I've already kid? felt like my hustle is different. Me making versus me waiting for work. Now I'm looking for it because mm -hmm. I never looked for work. It always just came. Right. And you know I don't really have any habits. Right. I don't really have any expenses right. and that's and obviously right. I have like what everyone else has rent you know car payment and shit right. like that. But <clears throat> I never really had like anything where I would lose my money on anything yeah. in a sense you know besides what i have to pay for and uh i find myself reaching out to people more hey what mm. are you doing what are you working on what could we Being do proactive with the yeah. business got you way more proactive once i found out you know when COVID hit obviously it's like everyone's on a mission all my guys with the big companies they were all on missions they were trying to figure it out they were letting go of people that shit made me a beast bro <laughs> you the know COVID I mean? shit made me a beast bro well like they like say a lot of people's hustle came out on that and then that's where the vintage shit really popped i was doing it before mm-hmm and it was cool, but then, like, when the shit really hit the fan, like, that market was, like, yo, the market still hasn't stopped. So, like, we were still doing our thing, and, you know, we basically survived off of that for a while. And now it's kind of, like, obviously the work has came back in in, like, the last four or five months, mm -hmm. and it's been going really good. And just, but, like, now it's, like you said, being more proactive, looking for opportunity, looking for work, you know, creating opportunity. Mm -hmm. Or it's, like, yo, what are you doing? Like, yo, what you got in the works? Like, yo, we should do this. You mm -hmm. know, hey, if you got a budget, let's make it happen. Mm -hmm. And, like they say, closed mouths don't get fed. Mm -hmm. I've gone to people and be like, yo, you know. Squeaky you got, wheel you got, gets the oil. Yeah. If you get a little bit of, if you got some budget, let's do something. Mm -hmm. It's better than me sitting at home not doing nothing. Yeah. I'd rather make something and work with people I want to work with, work with brands I want to work with, shoot stuff I want to shoot. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? And that's my whole thing with the photography stuff because obviously that's still like my main, mm -hmm. um, whatever you want to call Your it. bread and butter? Nah. nah, because the vintage does really well for me. So like mm -hmm. that's one thing. You know, like I say, most millionaires have like seven sources of income. Yeah. You know, obviously I'm trying to build my, my stuff where it's like I can have, you know, build machines. Equal you know, it out, yeah. Where it's like I got, you know, Everybody gives me a little piece towards the rent. Everybody gives me a little piece towards my utilities. And but if it's one like, thing falls, you're good. Like, yeah, like, you know, and then obviously that's the end goal, you know. And to be honest, I wouldn't even mind working for a company at this point. Mm. But it would have to be, in lack of better words, on my terms. And what I mean by that, it has to be like a company I want to work with. Mm -hmm. Shooting products I believe in. Shooting, you know, that the brand. You're not working with. for them more of a partnership. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, they pay me. Yeah, I'm on their salary. Yeah, I'm their employee. Mm -hmm. But it's like an understanding where it's like I'm a benefit to them. And they're a bit, and, and obviously the payment is worth it, and it's the consistency, the security, you know, it's like that. So to That's, be honest, I wouldn't even mind that at this point, just because things are so, I don't want to say up in the air, but just for the safety of my family, right? You know, making sure my son's good, making sure your wife is good, right? So it's like that's where I'm at now, and I'm kind of like I don't want to say looking for a home, 
yeah. because the fact that you can turn down work and that's basically what the last 17 years have been like i've been like no nah, i'm straight yeah like for me to do it for the money like they gotta call my bluff sometimes like i don't want to do it and i'll just hit them mm-hmm. and if they say yes and at that point like all right fuck i'm just gonna do it for that like fuck yeah, it i'll yeah, do yeah, it yeah, like yeah, yeah. and you know it'll, but then sometimes that shit bites you in the ass because then you're like fuck now you're dealing with bullshit now you're dealing with this now you're dealing with that yeah. like and you don't want to deal with that kind of shit sometimes it's just kind of like your peace of mind sometimes clients are fucking annoying and it's like i rather do things with certain people like i for example i did something recently for this liquor company and you know they needed to do i was shooting stuff that i thought I, they would like mm-hmm. and it was like that doesn't work for us so i'm like okay so then i was like i would like they would look through the camera and be like this is what we need and it was like the most basic vanilla stuff mm-hmm. is what they wanted because that's what works for them mm-hmm. And then once I got them what they needed, they were like, have at it. Do whatever you want. I said, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. I did whatever I wanted. And that's mostly what they use. So so basically, <laughs> like, what they told me to do, mm-hmm. they ended up pushing it to the side and using what I wanted to do. Yeah. Because they were like, oh, okay, we get it. We see it. And, you know, it's like advertisement advertisement is different now. Yeah. Marketing is different now. Branding is different now. It's a fact. And, you know... Even shopping, like a shopping experience is big. Like I talk to certain people that own stores and it's just like, you know, everybody buys online. Stores are falling, stores are dying. Like even with Nike. So Nike, what's happening with Nike now, Nike realized because of COVID and all the stores are closing, Nike sales still, Nike sales were still Nike sales. Yeah. They realize that their online is so powerful that they don't need stores. Yeah. So what's happening is they're obviously going to keep their grassroots accounts and they're going to keep like. You don't need brick and mortar. You have everyone work from the crib now and it's like. They're keeping all their staple stores, but a lot of account, a lot of stores are going to lose their Nike accounts because yeah. all the because of what they experience. And same thing with the brick and mortars yeah. with these companies. These companies don't need an office building for six hundred people anymore. They'd be fine with two hundred people because everyone else can work from home. Yeah, and now they're not paying you know a hundred thousand a month in rent. They're right. paying fucking twenty grand a month in rent. Damn, you know bro, what that's I mean? The fu- so, that's the future, bro. And turn those industri- industrial buildings into residential. You know and. Yeah. A lot of a lot of work from home. A lot of this, it, the game's changing, man. And it goes back to what you said earlier. It's like you turned it turned you into a monster. Um, I'm not too sure how long you've been doing this, but I saw it come through during COVID. That's when I started. You're saying the podcast in yeah. particular, yeah, bro. Since COVID, yeah. So it's like, and yo, this could be. You might not have to go back to the radio. Yeah, exactly. But that's why I'm trying to build this up. So when I do go back to radio, I'm there with an asset. Yeah, and then and give me my give me what I'm worth. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because you guys are, you guys are paying all the dinosaurs the bag. But you're going to eventually need something new. And mm-hmm. I'm chilling until you, you're going to come to me when you do need that new. Like, no, so. I've, talked to, I've talked to some people on radio and it's like they don't understand why it's not hitting no more. It's like, I mean, you need younger people. You need the youth in there. You need to drive traffic. Like, it can't be like the people that my parents listen to. The demographics in radio are 18 to 34 years old in, in the Power 96, Y100, 99 Jams. And most people in all three of those stations are not even in the demo. Oh, are older. not even in the demographic, so they're older than thirty-four. They're older, you know what I mean. So, so that's why it's like it's frustrating. Know, yeah, it's frustrating, bro. But you have certain people. I call it like graduating. Like have the graduate to the older station. That would be mm-hmm. cool. Like, like take take you know like for example, like shout out to Big Lip, Icon, ninety-nine jams. But now he does the eight Hot one hundred five station. You know what I'm saying? Like we need like an older Power ninety-six. We mm-hmm. need like that. You know, and play the freestyle, play all that stuff, yeah. and let the young kids do what the young kids. I think it's if sad, you pop bro. this off, because obviously like the bigger names get you big more views. Because obviously I looked through them and I saw like right. the bigger names get you the bigger views. 
eventually you'll be able to run your own ads like hey, some of these people do where it's like this show is brought to you by yada yada that's yada. the goal that's the you know goal I mean? let youtube do what they do because they're not paying on like they used to yeah. but in the middle of your show like yo by the way this show is brought to you by yada, something yada. local yeah. that, and that was the goal here is to is is to, is to make it hyper local and and, mm-hmm. and and serve miami and and try to be what the radio is in a podcast form mm-hmm. that way i could go to the same places that radio goes for advertisers i could go to those same people and be like this is what the new way what we're doing and this is the number it's easier you know and yeah it's how you're gonna reach your new customer because all your customers are dying out exactly bro 100%. sedano's so funny shit is sedano's they're revamping their whole brand so if you go to sedano's on 103rd where mm-hmm. playworld used to be mm-hmm. i don't know if you remember where Playworld mm-hmm. used to be I, I, you know where gus machado is on 12th and 103rd. Okay. 12th and 49th. Okay. That's where the Latin Cafe is. Uh-huh. There's a new Sedano's there. It's mm-hmm. not new anymore. But it's been like there for over a year. If you go in there, everything's in English. Mm-hmm. They got murals in there. They got the little drawn bubble thought with like, don't touch my croquetas oh, and all that shit God. for the new consumer. Right. Because what happened, their consumer's dying. Mm-hmm. Literally, they're like passing away. They're old. They're right. getting old and, you know, they need to adjust. Right. So, and that's what's happening with a lot of things. A lot of things need to adjust and pivot. Because what's gonna happen? Your customer bases—they're not gonna be there forever. Evolve or dissolve, bro. Yeah, that's you dope. Know? I never heard that. Yeah. Plug all your social media. Tell your people they can follow you. Um, for my photography and my creative stuff, go to Derek underscore G D E R I C K underscore G. Mm-hmm. Uh, for vintage stuff, Lottery dot Vintage. Mm-hmm. Once again, we're focusing on local vintage stuff. All Miami sports teams, Canes. Uh, Cayocho, anything. It's just for just for buyers or sellers, or is this anything. like a, like yo? There's, it's a tra- this is like trading cards. People are looking okay. to trade pieces. Like these are relics. You okay. know what I mean? they're not making them anymore. Like these yeah. are relics. So like, if you're in the vintage game and you're looking for like fire Miami shit, like you know, hit us up at Lottery.Vintage. We're located at Back and Forth in Coral Gables, uh, and the Instagram for the store is Back and Forth Mia. Uh, Companies, if y'all watching this and y'all looking to learn more about Miami and the Miami market, hit me up at retro underscore Dade. Uh, we focus on our consumer, our people, our community. If you want to do something in the city the right way, hit me up. You know, I'm very big in that. And just, yeah, man, just, I want to create, I want to keep it here. Like I told you, I can mm-hmm. easily move anywhere. And mm-hmm. I could have moved to New York LA years ago and I would have been set financially. This is the best city in the world. And I haven't been even all around the world to be able to say that, but I know I know it. It's the best city in the world. I've yeah. been to six out of seven continents and mm-hmm. nothing in anywhere else has ever like made me be like, yo, I could move here. Yeah. The only place that I could say would be probably Costa Rica. Yeah. And just because like growing up, I was there every summer and my right. family's out there. But like Gun to the head, yo, you got to leave Miami. I'm going to L.A. Gun to the head, you got to leave the United States. I'm going to Costa Rica. Yeah. You know, gun yeah. to the head, I got to leave, you know, the Americas. I'll probably go to Tokyo. Yeah. I'm, you know going, I mean? I'm going to Colombia. Shit. There it is, bro. <laughs> there it is.